0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Kickabout, England tighten their grip on World Cup qualification and we have a guest for tonight's show. I'm your host Chris. I'm Fran. And I'm Dan. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 52. And as I said, we have a guest with us this week. Introduce yourself, Will. My name is Will. Thanks for, being, <laughs> thanks for having me here. So Will is from the uh, Rugby Blind Side. Is it Blind Side yeah. Rugby? Rugby Blindside. Side. Rugby Blindside. Rugby that's blindside. Right. Um, so we will get into more deeper uh, into more detail later in the second half of the show, where we're gonna have lots of chat about what the two sports can learn from each other. Um, but first of all, as we always do, we're gonna start with this. Damn the stat, man.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so my stat this week is. about Are you not the... getting your phone out this
2: no, week, mate? Oh wow! I we got, got a guest
0: on the show. <laughs> He's trying to impress. Me. <laughs>
1: um, I'll need it for the answers. Then. um So yeah, because the transfer window closed, um, and it's pretty much just seven seven teams made a profit. um this window, so can you tell me which seven they were? I can tell you one. Yeah, I know, I tried to <laughs> it a bit for me, but... Well,
0: so. I think that was fairly common knowledge again. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Is that just Premier League teams? Just Premier League, yeah. Okay. Seven out of the 20 made a profit.
0: All right. Well, cool. As, as always, we will get to that later. No Fantasy League update this week for obvious reasons, since there's been no extra Fantasy League points awarded, because it's been International Week. Um, so, yeah, we will get into the England chat then. So, both games kind of followed a similar pattern in that we were playing teams that, you know, we were expected to beat, we we're expected mm. to beat comfortably. Um, it was a frustrating game, the Hungary game, wasn't it? Because I think, was it one shot on goal, one shot on target in the first half? Yeah, yeah,
1: it was pretty poor in the first half. Yeah,
0: and then we were obviously frustrated for large periods and stuff and defending. And I guess it's worth noting that if you think back to what Hungary did in the Euros, you know, they they uh, they drew with with France and with Germany and they took, you know, the 3-0 scoreline definitely flattered Portugal with mm. So maybe not such a surprise that it was hard work for England in the end.
1: Yeah, and then obviously the end result's not a bad result when you look at it. How to, be, to be fair, like against, uh, I can't remember, was it Germany or France? They nearly won it. Uh,
0: I think it was Germany last game, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Because there was at one point where any one of the four yeah. teams were going through all the different connotations. Um,
1: so yeah, not a, not a team to be overlooked, at, I think.
0: No, I mean, in all of those games we just mentioned, one thing that was, um, was evident was that Hungary did tend to kind of fade away as the mm. game went on towards the end. So I guess maybe not, again, surprising that most of all of the goals came in the second half for England. Um, one player who will want to forget this game in a hurry is uh, Peter Galaski. Galaski, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, the Hungarian goalkeeper. Mm. Is it fair to say he didn't have the best of nights?
1: Yeah, funny as well, because that football, uh, I was literally saying to someone he was probably one of their best players. <laughs> <laughs> so we
3: have you to thank yeah, for that, don't, don't we? Like it, He's meant to be like really up and coming he played for like Hereford about three or four years ago and is he at RB Leipzig yeah is at Leipzig so he's had quite a rise but not a good night <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I, I guess if we
0: talk about some of the individual performances I mean Sterling it was a very similar performance or sorry very similar lineup to the, the final of the Euros with the exception mm-hmm. of Greedish in for Saka I believe um, what did you make of some of the performances? Grealish stood out for me, Sterling as well.
1: Yeah, I think Grealish always plays well. Southgate just doesn't seem to like starting him for some
0: reason. He has just become this sort of prodigal son figure, yeah. isn't he? Like this Gascoigne figure that no matter when he comes on, where he is, he gets the loudest
1: cheer yeah. every time.
2: Fans just, just seem to love him.
1: Yeah, and I think looking at our team, when the likes of Stones and Maguire, like we're quite good at set pieces. So having Grealish, who gets fouled every 10 seconds, it's quite good for England.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, I should also know, as I just remembered, that, that I've got the fan on in the background. <laughs> so if you can hear that, don't don't uh, don't hate us. It is quite warm in this one tonight. So, um, And then a couple of the other players, Declan Rice, had another good performance, capped it with a goal, granted it was not the best goalkeeping again. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, we find ourselves yet again talking about some of the unsavoury and awful scenes uh, mm. in the crowd. Um, I mean... I probably, it's sad to say that we shouldn't be too surprised about this anymore, and that's how bad it's become, in, 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 in my view, mm. in that everyone before the game, the talk was, was that are Hungary going to behave themselves? This isn't the first time Hungary have been uh, in trouble for this sort of thing either. Mm. Um, I mean, it started at the, at the start of the game with the booing of the taking of the knee, in which Hungary didn't partake. Um, I don't, I, where, do, where do we go from here? Like, Because it's just not going away.
2: I don't really know how you stop it, to
3: be honest. I think it's just got to be a stadium ban for a substantial amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, Not
1: just one. Because they're on about, um, like, maybe thinking about chucking teams out of, like, competitions. But I think if it was, say, England being racist, you know, if there were a minority of racist England fans, it would be harsh on the rest of us for England to be chucked out of competition. Yeah, we'd
0: all be, we'd all be praying that they don't, Yeah, right? because so. of
1: the minority of people. But, yeah, I, I agree with, well, I think stadium bans is the only way to do it. Because they were,
3: were they fined after the Euros? In Hungary? Yeah. I believe they were, and I don't think it was anything
0: more than that. And as it usually is the case, the fines are pretty minuscule and irrelevant. Um, so, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, the, the scenes, obviously, at the first goal when Sterling scored... Um, where he's absolutely just being pelted with mm. uh if with you bottles don't, and everything. Drink
2: what they throw at you, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Although there's you a theory.
2: Well done, guys.
0: And also a bit of sus that Declan Rice in the Euros was saying that he's never had a beer before in his life. Yeah. And now he's just sipping beer thrown out <laughs> from a ran- random hungry supporter. He hopes it's beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think Grealish had a go as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if if you look at the, the pictures, I mean, the pictures do paint a thousand words with this. The shit aggression in the faces of these hungry fans. I, don't, I can't comprehend of, a, of, a, of the mind of a fan who walks into a football match and behaves like that. Mm. Do you think... I mean, these people surely don't behave like this in day-to-day life, do they? In their jobs, at their home life? You don't know.
1: You don't idea. I don't know. Some, some people, it's just ingrained, isn't it? It's like second nature. It's not something you go out and choose to do. It's just what they just naturally do it, I think.
0: I mean, not, not being a fan of rugby will... I mean, how often would you see similar, I'm not suggesting the racism, how often would you see similarly aggressive fans throwing things, all that kind of stuff? Well, it's
3: just completely opposite rugby, like professional games. You have mixed crowds. So Can you imagine
0: doing that in Merseyside Derby? Mm. Yeah. Or West Ham Millwall? Like, there'd, there'd be you, deaths. You go
3: to like an England, especially international, you go to like an England-France match, you'll have England fans sitting next to France fans, and they just get on. Yeah. It's just a completely different atmosphere.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, I think we're well past the point of no return. I know it's. It's nothing new with football. The mm. the uh, the sort of the hatred that certain fans have mm. for each
3: other, um,
0: but it's always puzzled me as to why that hatred is so strong. Um, so well, there's a
1: lot of fans. Well, maybe not a lot, but you get fans that go to the football that aren't even interested in the football. They go there for the fights mm-hmm. and the. You know, like your football factory type thing.
0: Yeah, and, and without wanting to be too stereotypical, those sort of uh, sort of Eastern European, Hungary, I mean, mm. Ukraine, they have they are renowned for their ultras, as, as they mm. call them. Um, were you surprised that England didn't do more on the pitch? And I'm talking about things like going to the fourth official, because there's this sort of three-step process, isn't there? Which I think Tyrone Mings did in one of the last England games. I can't remember who it was against. But it didn't, to me, seem like that had been done. So England just kind of got on with it.
1: yeah. Um,
0: is it one of those things England players just thought you know what what's it going to do yeah, let's, let's yeah, just get, get the three so. points
3: move on and yeah. we'll let the authorities well, I think
1: do it you it. know the whole the whole drink and the beer type thing was their sort of protest wasn't it so mm, yeah
3: well, I, I did hear a report from then that they didn't actually hear the abuse until fairly late on right. it was until England scored so probably the second half that's when the cups were thrown and everything like that. That's when they properly started to feel it, but they didn't really hear anything mm. on the pitch. I think it was the I- ITV commentary, wasn't it, where they went down to someone on yeah, the sideline yeah, yeah, and yeah. they reported it before before you could really see it kicking off around the podium <coughs> But when you mm. saw it kick off, yeah, it was bad.
0: Yeah, pretty vile. Um as I say, at the time of writing though, I don't I haven't seen anything personally about what they're doing other than that FIFA no. have said they're gonna investigate. Um, if we're talking about um fines. Do we think that that's enough? I don't personally. I don't think it is. Not. I mean, even really substantial ones. I mean, mm. fans don't care. They're not paying it, are they? No. Mm. So I don't know. It's just, it's just becoming so common now. That it's 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 sad that it's becoming so common. Um What about expulsion from tournaments? Do you think that will go as far enough to to stop these fans, or do you think it's these fans literally don't care if the game goes on or not?
3: Well, it's happened before, isn't it? Liverpool mm-hmm. European finals. They had a five-year ban for their mm. fan behaviour, so it's not like it hasn't happened before. Do you feel like football has gone with the sort of the,
0: the financial aspect, the uh, the money that it involved at the top level? Do you think that, I mean, let's say for example, um, England were banned, the, the 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 outpour of lawyers and suing, mm. God knows what else, would kind of just take the, it would take away from the point of what the fan, of what the ban is trying to, to do. I think
1: the problem is, there's just a lot of empty gestures like for example the whole take in the knee like at at first it was like a sort of symbol and i understood it but now it just feels like a i don't know like a, a franchise
0: i thought yeah i get i know what you mean it it just feels like What's the as ne- like we said before, what's the next step? Yeah, It feels like that was a perfect moment to bring everyone together, do the taking the knee, show the solidarity, which I still don't really have a problem with them doing now. No, no. no. But I just feel like, well, if, if that's literally the only thing that you're doing, how do you think that that's going to translate yeah. into differences off the pitch? It's just not. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see more and more teams... If anything,
1: I think it's brought it out.
3: out... It angers a lot. Yeah, yeah I think
1: it mean? shows how much racism there is because there's booing. Yeah. I mean, if you're going out of your way to boo it, then...
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd love to talk to some people who boo it and find out why they boo it. Are they just inherently racist mm. or are they booing it because they're tired of it, you know, happening and then nothing else being done? You know, what, what's yeah. their reasoning behind it? I mean, I, I mean, if they are inherently racist, then they're doing a great job of exposing themselves, yeah. I'll say that. Like, I had clients
1: that I spoke to during the Euros and they said they weren't going to watch England because of them
0: taking the knee.
2: Like, you've crazy. got to get a life, haven't yeah. you? Know? That, that's that's
0: crazy. I mean, it's, it, they literally do it for about four or five seconds. Yeah. Just avert your gaze if yeah. you're not, if you're <laughs> not interested it? in it. Go and make Skipping.
1: a tea. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, right, um, let's move on to the second game. England v Andorra. Um, an entirely different starting lineup Um against a, a team who very similarly set up to how Hungary did with a sort of compact defence. Uh, but we did get a debut for Patrick Bamford on, his, did, birthday how, how, as on as as his birthday as well. So, how, how, well. Did we, uh, how, how did we? How did we
2: think birthday? he did? I
0: think it was Saka's birthday. It was Saka's birthday. Yes, it was. Did you see um, during
1: Saka's interview at the end? Uh, all the fans were singing "Happy Birthday" to him. Well, they <laughs> so love it. I yeah, yeah, love, love that. that. Got such a lovable face. <laughs> <She's
0: as well>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what what do we think of uh, Bamford's debut? Yeah. um... Nothing spectacular. You tried. I'll be honest, I wasn't I'm still not convinced he's good enough to take to make that step, if I, I'm
3: honest. I would yeah. agree with you. I, if England are looking to make the progression that they're making at the moment from semi finals to final, if we're gonna take that next totally step, not. Bamford is not the one that's no. gonna do it, is he?
0: I think it's I think it's right that he was given the opportunity. It's nice for him. Because of not. his goal record for Leeds. If you're picking, you know, we always whinge about not picking players on form, so therefore Bamford I think Southgate's done a very good job of picking him now rather than picking him for the squad for the Euros mm-hmm. when all the talk was about him in playing. Um, but uh, yeah, for, for me, I just don't know if he's got
1: enough quality. I think the problem is for Leeds, they're an all-out attack team. Like everything, you know, as soon as they get the ball, it's straight out the other end and they're just constantly attacking. Like obviously England, all their games really. are high scoring games, whereas England's very much the opposite. Southgate would rather win 1-0 than 5-4.
0: Mm. Um, I mean, one of the one or two of the people in the uh, in the studio, I think Roy Keane and Ian Wright were in there, talked about whether he would feel aggrieved or not to be taken off just as Andorra were beginning to tire. Mm. Um, they they brought I think Kane Grealish and Mason, Mason, Mason Mount came yeah, as well. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, got a feel for Andorra there, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, we've done, yeah, we've done really well keeping the score down. I think, yeah, I think oh, it was a scores, one 0 at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh.
0: I mean, I mean, those guys came on, did change the game, but I guess Bamford will be looking at it, thinking, well, we played just over an hour, however long it was. We've worked hard, we've begun to tie them out, and we weren't given the chance to kind of reap the benefits from it. Mm-hmm. So do you do you think that's a valid excuse, or do you think that Southgate had to change it because he wasn't seeing the, the scoreline creeping up?
1: Well, he had the options to change it, didn't he, when you've got a bench of Harry Kane, Mason Mount and that. Um, but I think... For his first, that's why he played him. As a team against Andorra, we were always going to beat Andorra. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was the perfect game to play him, and he can build on it from there. We weren't expecting him to go out and score a hat-trick in his first game.
0: No. I, mean, I guess the wider the wider talking point about this game is that, with respect to Andorra, this is not a game that's going to live long in the memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game that England are always expected to win, and it's one of those games where if you don't thumb four or five past him, it's seen as a... A disappointing result. I, I um, don't
3: think I was the first person to Google where is Andorra. Now, <laughs> yeah, right um, I
0: think, if I heard rightly, that you could fit their entire population inside Wembley and still have 10,000 to spare. Yeah, so that sort of gives you, although they're under 21 side, did draw three or with our under 21 side okay. last year, so they're not devoid of complete quality. Our <laughs> under
1: 21 draw.
0: I know. <laughs> um, one other player worth wanted to touch on was Jude Bellingham. Um, he's been getting rave reviews out in the Bundesliga with Dortmund. Um, everybody, as Ian Wright was saying, was talking about him while he was at Birmingham, but nobody listened. Mm. And now we're beginning to, to take stock and listen. Do you, do you see a, a, a way in which he can force himself into a, a regular side for England before yeah, the World Cup? 100%. 100%. 100%.
3: It's OK.
0: So in which case, next question is whose position does he take? Because if Southgate continues with the two in front, you Phillips and Rice. Yeah, but I don't think Henderson gets in the side at the moment. No. No. if you look at the formation that Southgate plays unless he plays an extra one in that middle Henderson I don't think plays either so I think he's he quite clearly seems to prefer Rice and Phillips
3: he's so, just another option in that midfield yeah. really, isn't it they're, like he has some attributes that other players just don't have he's I mean he's my favourite type of player a rangy box to box midfielder yeah. is like my ideal player like people like Basuma Fabinho or Torre when they're just storming Fred. forward <laughs> <laughs> that falls into that category, <laughs>
0: unfortunately. I mean, he was when we he have was to Sh- apologise to betting with He's listening. He's, <laughs> he's just been compared to
3: Fred. But when Fred was at Shakhtar, he was more of a box to box player, but he still, yeah, doesn't mm. have the the leg. Yeah, gates, he is box to box, just the edge of your <laughs> box <laughs> to the centre circle.
0: So, yeah, but I mean, when you look at some of the qualities you touched on there, he, you're absolutely right. He does have something different compared to Rice and Phillips. Mm.
3: Um, he's basically what I wished RLC had.
0: Yeah. I he's would agree with that. just
3: a younger, better... And
0: I think we all thought of that team. Ruben de would become that player yeah. as well, but he just sort of has stagnated, hasn't he? He's suffered yeah. with
3: injuries
1: and he's been passed around a lot, hasn't he? Yeah. I
0: mean, one thing I really love it's about so Bellingham is, is the... Wow, <laughs> right. it's
1: like a baby. <laughs>
0: Anyone else want to hold him? <laughs> um, you know, one thing I really like about Bellingham is, is the sort of the tenacity... Mm. Um, he's got that almost Gattuso quality about him that he just flies into tackles, but gets it right every time. He's, he's not dangerous, but he, you know, the, you see a couple of those challenges flying, and you can see the midfielders going, "No, that's yours, mate. I'm not. I'm not feeling that. That's all yours." And, he's really good for his feet for such a tall yeah. lad as well. Mm. and bearing one his age. I was very. He's
3: still only seventeen. I believe he possibly. is. Really? I think he
0: only turned seventeen during the Euros. Yeah, didn't that's he? what I thought. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so um His um
1: brother Fran's dad is a Birmingham fan and he was telling me that his brother is now starting to get into Birmingham's first team as well and he's Yeah, really? oh he,
0: uh, Must be must be something in the water. <laughs> over there, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I, I think that there is a genuine chance that Bellingham may end up being in the Premier League in, in the not too distant future anyway. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, we touched on Fred there, but I mean, yeah. if you're we'll looking for a for replacement... 90 million or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, it'll take you three seasons to yeah. do it as well. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I really like Benning. I think that he's got all the qualities and when he was he was making a couple of runs down the line and he didn't get the ball, you see his visible like anger and disappointment yeah. at not being passed. And that's, for somebody of that age to walk into a team full of very seasoned professionals yeah. and experienced players, That's that takes some bollocks yeah. to be like that. He doesn't look out of place either. Like, I don't,
1: if he started the game against, say, Poland, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid. No, no, I
0: totally agree. Um... So just to, to round off to the the England chat, um, looking ahead to the World Cup next year, there's you know there's still many games to go. We still got a game this week against Poland as well. Um, what do you think that we have learnt since the u There's only been a few games. But have we learned anything more? What what do England need to improve on to to maybe take that next step into the World Cup next year? Or is it too early to tell for the I moment? Mean, this,
3: Practice these penalties. <laughs> 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 these if can, game, can take yeah. all five. We're fine. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> these two games are like. I don't know, it's like an emotion I was still on that emotional hangover. <laughs> like the first game was like the hair of the dog and I was just like, I don't really want to watch this yeah. because I just don't I'm not over the Euros yet. I feel but like
2: it was a nice moment though for Saka to score and it be at Wembley and it was his birthday and it was the end where yeah. he missed the penalty.
0: It, w- it did have a pleasing circularity to it. It didn't was it? quite cute.
3: But If you look back over the Euros, England didn't do much wrong. We lost on penalties in the final. Yeah. Like there's not much Apart from practising penalties, again, if you're going to do it, but you can't replicate that in a game, no. so...
0: And we played against a team that still hasn't lost. Exactly. In, like, was it 30-odd mm-hmm. games now, yeah. their they're win streak, or mm-hmm. their not-losing streak is?
1: Yeah, to lose on a coin toss is... Yeah,
0: But also with that second one, I'm kind of glad <coughs> that that narrative is now done, because mm-hmm. I feel like the media were just milking that for all it's yeah. worth, but now that he's scored, and as you say, it was his birthday, and at the end... I hope we can just put that story to bed now. Forget about it. and Just let Saka get on with his career.
1: If anything, I don't think it's sort of England as a team. I think it's maybe Southgate, like the experience um, that will be good for England. You anti Southgate? No, no, I don't mind Southgate. I <laughs> you, was. Were. I was. you were, yeah, yeah, I won't deny <laughs> that. I was. I find him very boring, and the football he plays very boring. Um, but I mean, uh, like he took us to the final, and we never really looked in too much trouble, other than when we went like one nil down to Denmark. Yeah. Um
0: and the goal we conceded against Italy. I mean that was very avoidable. Yeah. I know they had a couple of better chances, but the, mm. the scrappy goal that they scored, you know, yeah. if, we, if we stop that from happening, then we're having a very different conversation right now. I
1: think my only maybe criticism is he's, he reminds me a bit of Oli with his substitutions. He sometimes either doesn't make them mm. or he leaves them until the last minute.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting to see, you know, the growth of him because he has definitely grown as a manager. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, he's taken us to a semi-final excuse me, of a World Cup and a final of the Euros, which is much more than mm. any England manager has done in recent memory, with probably, you would argue, better squads on paper. Yeah. Um, you know, you think back to the golden generation of Sven and Fabio Capello and uh, stuff, and how badly they failed. This in like 2004, how oh. we <laughs> with yeah. that team? It's, it's incredible. So, I think we have to, um, we have to work, I think you're right, I think that's going to be the biggest thing, is how does he change his approach to games? Mm. Does he play a little bit more open? Or does he yeah, stick to I don't tried he, and tested formula?
1: I don't think he will. I think he'll stay with what he knows. Um, and you can't blame him. Like I say, he got us mm-hmm. to the final. And I was listening to a, like a thing during the Euros and they were saying that people were criticising and saying he plays sort of boring football and that. But if you look back at all the countries that have won it, they all have
3: great defences yeah. and they hardly Italy, conceded Portugal, any goals. Portugal, yeah. last two, yeah. Greece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, one, thing, one thing I do like is for that Qatar World Cup, I think we're pretty much going to have exactly the same squad as the yeah. Euros. That, yeah,
0: that's a big thing as well. I mean, we're obviously a little bit fortunate that it's coming around so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, there isn't a single player in that team that's going to be
3: I past it. Henderson, maybe. But then if we are talking about Jude Bellingham come, coming that's through, that's then yeah,
1: um, an upgrade.
3: I
0: would argue
1: that his... Henderson just does the quizzes anyway. He's <laughs> 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 um, like social On the, the, the karaoke <laughs> nights. <so. Yeah. laughs>
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I would argue that Henderson is going to, unless there's injuries, I I don't think he's working his way back in the team anyway.
2: Um,
0: And the way, as you say, the way Bellingham is playing, you know, Henderson's future Liverpool is very much up in the air anyway. So
3: and Harvey Elliott starting at Liverpool this season, I can see him being in the squad for Qatar if he continues how he has done.
0: Yeah, with him, it will be. Is there enough games where he can get some time with England? Mm. Do you think Um, that's
2: what it will be like for Jesse Lingard?
0: Well, I mean, the bloke's played more minutes for England than he has for Man United
2: this well, that's season, what by I mean, a long way. A, but then he does. Then he,
1: he, well, if his chances were limited enough before, we've now signed Cristiano Ronaldo. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it, that Jesse Lingard, that game for England, was almost a uh, a shop window. He's used England as a shop window opportunity.
1: <laughs> he did the Ronaldo celebration as well. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> that. That he he looked good in that game. He had yeah. that chip that was yeah, offside. That yeah. was a naughty. Yeah, little
0: finish. He could have easily have had three or four yeah, in that um, game. So. Um, Part of me still hopes that West Ham go for him at some point, maybe in in January or. Feel like he has hamstrung himself a bit with the World
2: Cup, not going to West Ham because going to West Ham he would have played the whole season. I think, yeah, I
0: think you're absolutely right. Um, That unless a deal is done in January, similar to how it was last year. um, But
1: even then, I mean, you look at the form he was in from January up until the Euros and he still did didn't
3: get it. picked. No, that's it's true. He did for the weird friendly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, He just, I agree, he just played all scores. the players that weren't going. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Unless
0: he has luck and someone gets injured. Yeah. <laughs> gets yeah, it, Southgate, we know, does like to pick players that he trusts and he quite clearly does trust Jesse Lingard yeah. because if you were picking them on, on form, you wouldn't have played Lingard because it's just not played at all unless you're counting pre-season friendlies. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll obviously, um, we'll see how that all pans out. Right, Transfer rumor all time, Mister Mister Daniel. So we didn't do an extra episode. Well, not
1: rumors anymore.
0: They're not rumors. Done yeah. deals. Yeah. Um, we uh, we didn't do an extra episode. We didn't feel like there was enough slash. We didn't have enough time <laughs>
1: to, yeah.
3: to do one. Yeah.
0: Um, but there were still a number of transfers done on deadline day, and it was, you know, as we said before, you'd never know there was a pandemic on with the amount of uh, money flying around.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll just sort of go through all the the ins and outs of each team over the entire transfer window, and we can just pick a few out. Um, I won't bother naming like the youth players that have gone on loan <laughs> to League 2 teams um, starting with Arsenal they obviously signed Tavares uh, Laconga, Ben White Odegaard and Aaron Ramsdale and on deadline day Tommy Yasu
0: it's, it's strange isn't it because there's been this narrative about Arsenal about how much money they've spent And it's not the complete picture, and everyone likes to pick out that particular stat, but if you look at the wages they're probably paying these players compared Mm. to United, who signed these players for less money, but you look at the wage bill increase Mm. and it tells its own story. Um, But the concerning thing for Arsenal right now, and we've been bashing the hell out of them recently, (laughs)
4: um,
0: is that it just does not seem to have solved a thing. If anything, it's made them worse. Um, So Arteta has got an unbelievable job, not only to save his own job, but to sort this team out. Um, and get them playing, and get these players into... into I mean, Odegaard shouldn't be a problem, because he was there
3: last year. Yeah. Um, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think Art, uh, Arteta's the problem. Yeah. I, I just don't know much about football, but I feel like I know enough tactically. Basically, I play football manager. <laughs> 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 the, that makes everyone <laughs> make <sense. laughs> All I just see them doing is just passing it down the wing, back into the centre, back to the other... And they're just doing this horseshoe shape, round and round and round. And when they do get the ball into the box... They're crossing it into like <coughs> two or three defenders to like Martinelli. And like, what is he going to do with the cross from, I don't know, from a right wing back or anything like that? They're just not creating chances to yeah, do anything that, that I, would create a goal. I've been saying to Chris, I think where he's been at City, he's
1: trying to play the Man City way, but yeah, he hasn't got done the Man the City players. players.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you look at some of the goals they conceded this season, they have come from sloppy in possession. Yeah. Mm. The things, as you rightly say, that Arteta would have absolutely instilled in the players that... They're either not good enough to do, or you know, where it's confidence, whatever it is. Yeah. Um. And I just, yeah, I just don't think Arteta's. I think his days are numbered. Yeah. I mean, these next two games, I think it's Norwich and Burnley. Yeah. I mean, so
2: win them. it's, it's
0: incredible it. to, to talk in you know in early September about a manager potentially losing his job, mm. in in that space of time. But that's that's where we stand on it right, mm. right now. I think. Um.
3: Go on, no, I was just gonna say I feel sorry for Ben White. I'm a secret Brighton fan. (laughs) Not so secret. Not so secret anymore. But yeah, and I just think he's going to get a lot of the criticism just because he was their big money move. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's all his fault. I just, like, he's...
0: I mean, that team was failing before he turned out. Yeah.
3: And Um, he's not the defender that they need. One, he plays in the back three, and he had Duncan Webster next to him, who are both incredibly... Good and big defenders. And, and very organised. Yeah. As well. and if you've got Pablo Mari and Rob Holding and <laughs> Callum Chambers, who is in between a right back and a centre back, mm. and neither of them. So I just feel sorry for him that the fans are looking at him thinking, oh, we signed a £50 million player. He's going to fix our defence. Yeah. They're, they're looking at him
0: in the same way that Liverpool fans now look at Van Dyke. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We want you
0: to be our saviour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not good. We'll we'll uh, we'll see in the next few weeks how that's all going to pan out.
1: Um, and for Arsenal, so many outgoings So I won't name absolutely all of them, but sort of the main few. Hector Bellerin's gone out on loan. Joe Willock, they obviously sold oh, Bellerin
0: actually went out on loan. Yeah, he? he's
1: gone to Real Betis. Okay. Um, and obviously they managed to offload William.
0: <laughs> y- yes, although Eight. that was contract. Yeah. So yeah, yeah William. Was obviously so desperate again. Did you see uh, Didier Drogba's t- tweet by the way? No. So um, he said another job well done, and he tagged in Willian, Petr Check, <laughs> David Luiz, Arsenal. all the players that yeah, gone Chelsea, from Chelsea sorry, to Arsenal, yeah. um, as if like they were undercover spies. <laughs> but yeah, he yeah Torres tore up his contract, um, did away with any kind of uh, he did do fee a, that they would give yeah, him. Yeah,
1: he did an Instagram post saying that he'd been sort of criticised for just going there to earn the money and stuff like that and that's why he ripped up a contract to sort of say I'm not here for the money I want it to make a difference
0: well if, every, if ever there needs to be an example of how footballers don't need these big payoffs mm. you've just had it right there yeah, yeah. Is he
1: retiring? Is no he? he's gone to the
0: Corinthians okay so yeah it's a, that's, a, that's a you know we talked about how they got a couple of ageing players on big money so getting rid of Willian is a big big thing for them um, now they've got to sort out Lacazette and Aubameyang now
1: yeah uh, moving on to Villa, they obviously had quite a, a busy transfer window. They managed to bring in Bailey, uh, Buendia, Ashley young free, Danny Ings and Guanzedi.
0: Yeah, I think they've had a very, very good transfer window. Arguably one of the best in the league, I think. Um, you know, any team losing a player like Jack Grealish is going to, you know, struggle to fill the, mm. uh, the, the the that sort of void that he leaves. But I think in the players they brought in, um, we've not seen it yet. Um, we've seen glimpses of it, but we've not seen it come to fruition yet. But I think that over the course of the season, I think you're gonna, I think Villa are gonna have another good season this year.
1: Yeah, um, and outgoings, quite a few. Obviously, the main one was Jack Grealish. Yeah, well, I think what Villa did well was they spent the Grealish money before they had it.
0: They knew he was going. They must. They must have got wind that yeah. a, a City bid was coming. Mm. Um, I mean, to be honest, the Villa owners are absolutely loaded. So yeah. even if they spent that money and didn't sell Grealish, it wouldn't have mattered to them mm. anyway. Mm.
1: Um Brentford signed Onyeka and a- Aya, Aya yeah. from their Celtic. Yeah. I'm football manager, he's a good player. <laughs> Here we go. So he's signed. a very good
4: player.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and I don't know any of the outgoings. I can't say many people unless they're big Brentford fans would know them either. Um, they were just contract expiries, so they were
0: there. Yeah, I mean, still unbeaten in the Premier League at the moment. Brentford yeah, yeah. Um, started solidly and, uh, you know, these new clubs <coughs> that come up from the Championship often find out that it's their defences that often get them relegated, not necessarily their strike force. So the fact that Brentford are looking fairly comfortable, well, not comfortable, but fairly solid at the back so far is a, is a really good sign if they want to survive this year.
3: I like their manager. I was just thinking, got a look at him. him. He just <laughs> like a cool guy. Got his head screwed on. Yeah. Is he, it Frank? Thomas Frank, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, moving on to Brighton a uh, few players that they brought in actually I didn't realise how many bro- players they brought in uh, Sarmiento from Benfica Mwepu from Red Bull Salzburg Sherpin from Ajax Matoma, um, Kadra from Blackburn Kukurela from Getafe and Sima from Slavia Pride. They did get Sima in the end of the day Yeah they did yeah. I think he they loaned him straight, straight out though, straight didn't out to Stoke Just, yeah. yeah
0: Interesting mm. Okay because he again yet another Czech production line mm. that was meant to be coming to West Ham at one point so but the very fact that they've loaned him straight out of Stoke mm. suggests that they don't think he's ready yet
3: no and they from what I've read from uh, Brighton sources they are really scared of pissing off Mopey they like he's seen as their like centre forward and their main guy at the moment and because they were linked with this 40 million pound player Darwin Nunes from Benfica which has never got across the line but they just yeah they just don't want to piss him off basically so any striker that comes in is now just back up and, <laughs> Brighton have always struggled for goals when they've been in the Premier League and I think Potter has just said to the players like Trossard and McAllister and those around him you guys need to up your game and start getting 5-10 to 10 goals it's not all on Mopey up front mm. getting 15-20 goals so. well,
0: There were rumours about Mopey going to Everton I think yeah. it was I assume it's still country.
3: linked with um, Liverpool for a move in January I think, so. I think they'll struggle to hold on to it for yeah. much longer Easy. Brilliant player he is.
0: Player.
1: <laughs> I'd love him at United to be fair. What what
0: represent as a as a not so secret Brighton fan anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: What represents a good season this year? Because we we've, we've spoken very highly on the show about Graham Potter, mm-hmm. and the work that he's done, and with a let's be honest, an, av- an average Premier League squad. Yeah. Um, a couple of good additions and the way they play. You know, can Brighton start to start being a bit more ambitious? Come
3: yeah. that league. I don't think too ambitious. I think mid table, mm-hmm. because they've been in the Premier League. This is their fifth season. They've never finished above 16th. Wow. They've never got more than 41 points. So people look at them and think, oh, they play great football, but they're always still down the bottom by the end of the year. They'll have these runs where they go on and win a few games. But Graham Potter, I think he's won two games already. He hadn't won two games until January last season. Wow. So, I mean, you've got to, yeah, take everything with a pinch of salt, actually, but mid table, comfortable and well, then build on it from there, I think.
0: It's always felt like Brighton just needed a striker. Yeah. That was all they were missing. So if Mope can start firing
3: yeah. properly... Well, he, he went off injured in one of the earlier games of uh, dislocated shoulder. Oh, okay. And then played the next... He did play the next game, but as someone who has dislocated their shoulder multiple times, mm-hmm. it's just going to be a recurring injury. Me, me and you can have a look. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get him started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on to Burnley they, uh, they signed Maxwell Cornet, the Umbro fan <laughs> um, Wayne Hennessy and Connor Roberts from Swansea
0: yeah not exactly signings that are going to set the world alight um, I'll be honest We're I don't team. know much about the uh, the Umbro fan but yeah, a little bit like Brighton was saying about what represents a good season for them I think all of these clubs that have been hovering around the bottom I guess their next step is to just not be looking over their shoulder mm. to have a comfortable season where they look up rather than behind them
1: Yeah, I think with Burnley, they're never really too fussed about pushing towards Europe and that. They're just happy to be in that mid-table place. Yeah,
0: Just sure. I mean, there's been a few over the years rumours about Sean Dyche and could he manage at a slightly better team. Are Burnley in trouble of losing him? Because regardless of whether Sean Dyche can do it somewhere else, he clearly is very key to them staying in the league. So if they were to lose him, regardless of what happens to Sean Dyche, they may struggle if they lose him. I really couldn't imagine... Sean Dyker without Burnley and Burnley without Sean Dyker
2: I know what you and
3: mean match made in the yeah
1: match and... um, in terms of outgoings for them it was mainly just loans um, Chelsea uh, they obviously signed Lukaku Sao Niguez, and they signed Bettinelli on a free from Fulham
0: okay Um was an interesting one mm. um, because if you the position that he's going to come into that central central midfield role you know there are still people at the club like Ross Barkley Loftus-Cheek who clearly, I mean, Ross Barkley hasn't even got squad number this season. Is he? Not? Um, you know, completely and utterly just. You know, he, he had such a good half season with Villa last year. You thought that somebody might have taken a punt on him mm. on, on a loan, but nobody
3: did. Um, I think it's just injuries for him, though, isn't it? He can't mm. stay fit. <coughs> Same with RLC. Yeah. yeah. What used to that, Jack, it's Joe like, like a Jack Will Jack, Wil- Jack Wilshere. Yeah. It's like
0: this sort of conveyor belt of English mm. talent. They just can't kind of at- it. <laughs> <laughs> he's been getting apparently his son's been getting bullied for that. Yeah, saw that. So um has he found a club now?
1: I no, think, he's I think he's been
0: he's been training. He's been training, training someone someone, yeah. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, I hope he does find a club because it's yeah. it's just, it's quite because apparently he's he's actually said he's not been injured since 2019. Mm. Since like January 2019. It's just that nobody wants to give him a chance. Maybe they're so scared he's gonna get injured they don't play yeah.
1: him. It's a shame when players with like such massive potential do just get ruined by injuries.
0: Mm. Yeah, not good. Like Phil Jones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, outgoings for Chelsea. They obviously loaned out about thirty youth players. As they do. Um, but they let go of Tamori, uh, Tammy Abraham, and. Who was Kurt-
0: absolutely tearing the place up in yeah. Italy right And now. Uh,
3: Kurt Zuma, and they all went for about thirty million each. <laughs> I've got a mate who's a Chelsea fan, and he was really, really pissed off that Tamori went. To oh, Yeah. I was quite surprised, actually, because he looks
1: quite good. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they, they pinned a lot of their hopes on getting, um, what's his name? Koundé. from yeah, yeah. Sevilla, and that didn't happen. And they've sold Zuma to us for £30 million, yeah. which I know has not pleased a lot of Chelsea fans. Not necessarily because they've sold him, although they, some of them do think that it's, you know, should you sell him to another Premier League club. But it's the fact that they've sold both Tomori and Zuma without bringing anybody else in. So you're left with Rudiger, Christensen, and um, Thiago Chabot. Silva. Chabot's been playing well, isn't he? Is he a centre back, though? Is uh, is he a he,
3: well, no, he played defensive mid when he was out on loan last year, but he started in the back three okay. this time around.
0: So, I mean, I, when I'm not one to be questioning uh, Tuchel, given his form no, for yeah, Chelsea yeah, so far. Yeah. He must know what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving on to Palace. They he signed. Odson-Edouard from Celtic on deadline day. That's who I wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all I wanted
1: for Brian. Yeah, he was heavily linked to Brighton. Yeah, Brian he was. Yeah, for it, 15 million he. as well. Yeah, like, yeah.
3: absolute steal. He's scored like, consistently 20 to 30 goals for four years. I know it's in Scotland, but even if he does 10 to 20 down for Brighton or a team like Palace, it's, yeah, that's it could huge him up. It's huge, yeah, mm. absolutely.
1: Um, as well as Connor Gallagher and Will Hughes from Watford. And obviously, Conor Gallagher's already started pretty strong.
0: Yeah, they, yeah. they did also sign. So um, we'll get to the viewer comments in a, second, in a minute about who's had the best and worst transfer windows. Pete mentioned there was a player from Reading.
1: Yeah, they have uh, yeah, Michael Ollissi.
0: That's the one, yeah. yeah. Um, so and Pete speaks... Uh, our resident uh, Football League expert, um, <laughs> he rates him very highly and he thinks that he could be definitely one to watch for Palace this season. So mm-hmm. having got their first goals and first points against, uh, against West Ham, um, yeah, be interested to see what Vieira can do with them now.
1: Uh, in terms of outgoings we've obviously spoken about how many players we'll be here back. a while yeah. talking about <laughs> all the ones who <laughs> have gone um, so I won't I won't list them all again uh, moving on to Everton they signed one of Palace's let-go players and Joss Townsend um, Begovic another free, Damari Gray for 1.6 million Lonergan from West Brom on a free, and um, Benita's son Salomon
3: Rondon Rondo. Did you hear that? Um, It was when Rafa was at Newcastle and that Newcastle fan created a song about Rondon. No. It's it's to George S. It's like, Rafa bought in Rondon. (laughs) It's honestly the best fan song I've ever heard. (laughs) Better than that Liverpool, what was the most Salah one? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that one was just horrendous. But this one, I literally, as soon as he started singing it, it just got stuck in my head for about six (laughs) months. And when he signed him this time round, I was like, the first thing I was...
0: Yeah, it's um typical Rafa Benitez. It's like Harry um, that with Crancher. Yeah, yeah, sort of like a bargain bin yeah. uh, type type deals. But I mean Demari Gray's had a pretty good start, mm. um, which surprised me. Um Begovic is obviously only ever gonna be a backup keeper to to Pickford.
3: Um I think and they started just, pretty well. I think they're just scaling back, aren't they? Think of how much money they've spent over the past two or three yeah. seasons. And it's like, not worked for them, has yeah. it? Yeah. So and the, Oh,
0: you'll get to the out games in a minute, but one, one out game they didn't get rid of was James Rodriguez. Mm. There's a lot of talk about whether or not that kind of saga, because he clearly doesn't want to be there, whether that's going to sort of be a cloud hanging over the, the club, whether that's going to affect the dressing room or anything.
2: Where did
0: they end up in the league last year? 10th, I think. Yeah, yeah. They did drop.
2: Because
0: they started really
2: strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: yeah, well, as soon as Calvert Lewin picked up the odd injury and his goals dried up, yeah, Everton started to really um, tail off.
1: Um, outgoings There was a lot They let a lot of players go uh, Theo Walcott Obviously went um, Josh King Was there for only six months What a
0: successful period That was It <laughs> was a strange one He's um, such a good little player
1: yeah. Yeah. But He's at Watford now Yeah right? He's yeah. at Watford yeah. um, Balassi Was a blast from the past
0: What a player he was yeah. A few years ago yeah.
1: um, Bernard a little Brazilian Oh well, I quite liked him Yeah he's gone to Shakhtar
0: okay. That's um, where he came from I think wasn't it I'm not sure
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah I think Yeah maybe yeah, might be he was, I think it was. Um, and Moise King sort of came, went on loan to PSG, did really well. I know he's gone to Juventus on loan.
0: Yeah, and the one game he has played this season, he was sent off. Um, yeah, it's never really worked out for him. It's weird because he came in with a lot of promise. Um, for whatever reason, never settled on Merseyside, couldn't cut it. I think he reminds me a bit of Balotelli. I think he's got yeah. a really bad attitude. Um, but uh, yeah, and Juventus have, uh, have re-signed him to replace Ronaldo. So mm. be interesting to see... I mean, how do, you, how do you replace Ronaldo? I don't know. but Was
3: that where he was before
0: when he was scoring? Yeah, players, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. And then they sold him to Everton. Is that two years ago, maybe? Yeah, and he's gone on a two-year loan with an obligation to buy. So. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, moving on to Leeds, they... Spent 25 million on Dan James, which I was really happy about. <laughs> All just to free up that
0: number seven <laughs> shirt for <laughs> just Ronaldo. A waste of money.
1: Um, they bought Jack Harrison finally from City. They'd After
0: seven years of loaning him. Yeah.
1: I thought that was a massive spider. <laughs> um, Junior Thurpo, 13 million from Barcelona.
0: Yeah, well, the, the Barcelona um, yard sale that was. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: Lewis Bate from Chelsea. Can't say I recognise that name. No. Um, and Christopher Clarkson from Valarenga. I don't know now either. Um, Outgoings, again, there were so many. uh, The only sort of name I really recognise is Helda Costa, went to Valencia.
0: Yeah, didn't... um... Uh, what's his name Hernandez didn't he leave as well uh,
1: Pablo Pablo yeah. Hernandez yeah uh, he his contract just expired um,
0: <clears throat> he was really good for them in the championship but yeah, I think he yeah. basically didn't play last year through <laughs> he's 36
3: days oh was he really yeah he's, yeah, he's oh. been around for a while and they loaned out uh,
1: Kiko Casilla, the old round Madrid goalkeeper <laughs> yeah
0: wasn't he the one that was accused of racism or something oh was he yeah. I'm sure oh, yeah, he yeah. banned
1: for like seven games yeah or something, or something, something like yeah. that um, Leicester Bought in Patson Dacca from RB Salzburg. I think potentially that when he starts playing, if he starts playing, that could be a good signing. I could see him being like a cup striker to start with.
0: I, f- I wonder how Ian Acho thinks, what he thinks though. Bellingham mm. on the, se- the end of the season he had last season. You know, to f- see them sign a fairly marquee central mm. fort, centre
1: Youngster forward. Youngster as well, he's like 19, 20. Mm. So. Um, I think
3: Ian Acho sees <clears> himself <throat> more as a 10 now though. Like behind the main striker. That's yeah. where he was playing when Madison was injured. Yeah, and that's when he scored all of his goals he just sort of drop in a little bit or, or run beyond the striker mm. and get in there but yeah probably a bit of off <laughs> <laughs> I do think Leicester have probably had the best window like, the most, probably the most sensible window because I mean you can list off the others now but I think it's Samari as well Samari yeah and Brian Bertrand Vestergaard yeah. and Lukman and yeah but they're just players that they can bed in slowly <laughs> they're not, there's pain. no pressure for Daxon or Samari to just hit the ground running and go for yeah. it I just think it's just well clever, clever Leicester, isn't
0: it? Yeah, Leicester as a club have been like that for a number of years. Their transfer teams. Yeah, we always
1: speak about how good oh. their recruitment yeah. is. Yeah,
0: um, And they've bought a number of those players who've already got Premier League experience. Um, they've identified very quickly. I mean, we talked we touched on um, you know, Man United and West Ham and how slow some of their transfer teams are. Mm. And you look at what happened to Fafana when he broke his leg, yeah. within a week they'd signed Vestigard. Yeah. 15 know, million as
1: well, I think for Premier League sort of centre back, that's not bad. No, that's really He must is. have had one year left on his contract. I can't imagine Southampton would have let him go for 15 million.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine that it was a bit like Danny Ings.
1: Yeah. Um, outgoings, uh, Dennis Prate. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Is it Prate? Prate. pray, pray? pray,
0: it, pray it. yeah, something like that.
1: Uh, went out on loan. Wes Morgan retired. Big Wes. Yeah. Uh, they let go of Kristen Fuch. Yeah. And that is a bowed it, all the rest look like the youth players gone out on the
0: couple of uh, big names, I mean, Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs, part of their Premier League winning team. Mm. Um, the success they've enjoyed at Leicester, I guess, will be on beyond their wildest dreams yeah. um, a few years ago. so.
1: Um, Liverpool, been quite busy, they brought in Canate. <laughs> <laughs> th-
0: when you said that, I was like, have they brought in others that I've not <laughs> thought of? <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I don't necessarily think you can say, a little bit like City, Um, even though they've only brought in one player for fairly big money, you can't say they've had a bad window because they frankly don't need to strengthen as much. Liverpool more so than City because I do think they should have replaced Wijnaldum. Yeah. Um, But they have had a number of players come back from injury. I know it's an old saying. I hate it. I know, it's like like a new signing. But when they have been out for so long, when they come back in, it does solve a lot of the problems that they thought they had. Um, but, I, yeah, I do think that another midfielder. Um, like
1: Will said that Harvey Elliott coming good, I think, will be mm. like a new sign for them.
0: Yeah, and they've still got, um, you know, Henderson in there. They've still got Oxley Chamberlain that Klopp seems to keep on and keep playing mm. when he's around. Uh, they've got Tiago, So they're not, they're not short of Fabinho, Cater. So they're not short of quality in no. I thought
3: Cater was going.
0: Isn't he rumoured to be? Yeah, I think there? it was rumoured. Um, but but that,
3: it, that midfield three like Fabinho, Henderson, and. Um, Thiago Giannico, Thiago they're quite old like mm-hmm. you'd think that they would look to replace at least one of those players like bring someone in and like Leicester just sort of bed them in slowly and stuff yeah. like that yeah.
0: it's going to come to a head Yeah. at some point it's going to come to a head
3: because they, the, they had injury problems not just in defence but in midfield last year they were playing players all over the place mm. right? they didn't have Henderson, Milner all of their old mm. guard for ages I think that's the problem Barcelona had their squad just got so old and they had to
1: replace yeah. everyone at the same time
0: yeah yeah, well, may- maybe we'll see uh, Klopp do a, a Fergie, mm. you know, sort of like work out when the right time to walk away is just, yeah. just as they're all sort of over what the, the mean, hill.
1: Sarah and Mane, I think, are in mm. their late 20s. Yeah. Firminio's up there as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Harvey yeah. Elliott will be uh, the most experienced player <laughs> in there in a few years' time. <laughs> uh,
1: outgoings, obviously, you said Wynaldum's gone. Uh, they sold Harry Wilson to Fulham for 12 million. Yeah. Uh, Shakiri went to Lyon.
0: Yeah, good move for Shakiri, I think.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, and again, a lot of youth players went out on loan, um, like Ben Woodburn, Reese Williams, Shea OJ.
0: Several of those you just mentioned all <laughs> had starring roles last year because of the yeah. injury crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: moving on to City, they brought in Jack Grealish and Scott Carson. So I think, like you said, I think Scott Carson must have been on loan last season because he was there yeah. last season.
0: Yeah, Grealish is a funny one because, again, like we just mentioned... Grealish plays in a position that they did not need to strengthen. It felt like it was a transfer they made because they didn't want anybody else to yeah. have him.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm still, I'm going to keep saying it. I know Fran disagrees with me, but I'm going to keep saying it. They're going to suffer at some point in the season. The mm. question about striker is going to come up again. They're going to have a couple of games where they all of a sudden don't fire and that lack of focal point, the lack of that str- number nine is going to catch them out at some point. Whether it catches them out enough to they, they don't win the league or you know makes the difference, I don't know but sooner or later they're going to have to address that.
1: Yeah, I think the Grealish sign-in was to bring in more fans as well. Like, not in a take-the-piss way, but obviously <laughs> City are still a sort of new club in terms of having fans because obviously everyone takes the piss out of them not being able to fill their stadium and well, stuff like
0: that. It was flying around yesterday, that so they had more fans there yeah. at the soccer raid than they it did at the Premier League game. <laughs> but when you sign
1: like, the likes of Harry Kane, Jack Grealish, it brings in Grealish fans, Harry Kane fans. Same with, like, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, there'll be fans that follow him whether he goes Real Madrid yeah. Juventus City Fan of the there'll be Ronaldo the fans yeah um,
0: yeah, yeah. it would be interesting to see how they do I think obviously they're still going to be strong they're still going to be up there of course they are but as I say I just, I've just, i just got this feeling that at some point Fran, me and Fran would uh, no doubt <laughs> tell me go and get that humble pie out of the fridge because you're going to need it but
1: yeah outcoins, <laughs> <can't say> <laughs> um, obviously Aguero I'd, I'd say he went to Barcelona, but he's not technically a Barcelona player. He yet, is. is. He, oh, he, he has
0: registered, it. yeah. Oh, okay. um, so I think the who was I think it was Busquets had to take the pay cut this time oh, okay. to let him play. God, uh, did you what see what he said is? today? I think it was or yesterday. No. So he's obviously injured, as we know, mm. uh, until like October, November time. Um, and apparently, he uh, he gave an interview to a Twitch streamer um, and basically said that it, it's tough here because at Man City, I used to come in you know hour and a half two hours before training to work on stuff it's very different here at Barcelona because he thought he would you know get ahead of the game turn up an hour early for training and the lights weren't even on so it's a very different right. attitude towards that that Aguero wanted to come in early to get some extra work in to try and help his recovery mm-hmm. and literally no one was there mm-hmm. <laughs> the lights were turned off so mm-hmm. maybe,
1: um, also- maybe they're saving on electricity but it was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. save anywhere, save
3: anywhere. Also
1: joining them at Barcelona was Eric Garcia, that youngster that they were sort of linked with all. Season. Yeah, he
0: he he'd been wanting to go there for a number yeah. of years, didn't he?
1: Yeah, um, and then obviously Jack Harrison to Leeds, uh, a lot of youth players out on loan, and Patrick Roberts. Don't know if you recognise that. Yeah, name. he was at Celtic. Yeah, yeah, he's gone to Troyes. Big move. Yeah. Wild. Um. You. United. Um,
2: speak to me. What happened at United? Well, they
1: obviously signed Sancho. took them about five years to do it.
0: But, uh, the Ram. And then just, um, and they quickly replaced Sancho with Ronaldo.
1: Yeah. And obviously the big one, everyone's been talking about, Tom Heaton. <laughs> and Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, I think you have to say that they've had one of the... I, I don't think they've had the best transfer window just purely because they didn't <coughs> strengthen in the one area we all know they needed to outside yeah. of centre-back. Um, and that's, that's going to be... You know, regardless of what Solskjaer does in his tactics Freddie McTominay that, that duo are going to cost you yeah, uh, more than once this season they already have arguably
1: yeah I, th- I think the whole I mean we didn't really I'm glad we signed Ronaldo but I think the whole Ronaldo it's a fairy tale it,
0: isn't it I, I think it was, was, was to was stop sitting I was going to say you signed him to stop yeah, sitting yeah, I think that
1: was, was the only reason like a spiteful kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, outgoings, obviously. Dan James gone to Leeds. Uh, Tahit Chong's gone to Birmingham. Uh, Romero has left. I felt sorry for him actually because we just completely shunned him.
0: As soon as he hit Ennis and yeah,
1: and he was he
0: never put a foot wrong. No, you?
1: and he could have easily been a lot of Premier League goal, uh, Premier League teams like sort of the first choice Martinez Arsenal, Arsenal type situation. Termonzzi um, yeah. and, and Brandon Williams gone out on loan to Norwich.
0: Mm, yeah, good sign for
1: Norwich. Yeah. I think that one. Uh, Newcastle. Signed Joe Willock and yeah.
0: <laughs> Santiago Munoz. Munoz, yeah. Not quite the same name, is it? But it's, no, it's close cl- enough. Close yeah. enough to be uh, the goal striker. I actually had to do a quick Google just to see how old this kid was and just see what other correlations there were. <laughs> I think it only it ends with the name, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get to the viewer comments in a second, but Shearer was not best pleased with Newcastle's. I think they're in trouble.
3: I genuinely. I think if Leicester had the best, I think they've had the worst, because they they bought in. Um, what's his name from Arsenal? Joe Willock. Yeah, yeah. But they had him for the second half mm-hmm. of last season. Anyway, so they haven't really. Does it cast as a new signing? Yeah. Are. yeah. Like, they're yeah, just. Yeah. I mean, I know they improved in the second half of last season, but is it really enough to push on to then stay away from relegation again? I just don't. Think well, it I is. think we've
1: already seen defensively Newcastle look very yeah. frail
0: yeah massively and they are so reliant on St Maximin mm. because and
1: uh, Wilson
0: they, they're reliant on Wilson but obviously as a striker he's only as good as a service he mm. gets and St Maximin is the primary person who's going to serve he's going to serve him Willock will improve that of course if yeah. he can recapture the form from last season but that's a big if um, so yeah I think, I think you're right I think Newcastle could well find themselves in the yeah. relegation battle this year
1: outgoings uh, Andy Carroll
0: Contract expired. Oh. Lotto, what a oh. successful oh. run in Newcastle that was. Did he score? I, have no, I don't
1: I think, think he scored. I think he only came on for thought, games, I thought he was like, still at West Ham.
0: <laughs> <laughs> still in our
1: medical room. <laughs> Living with Kevin Davies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christian Atsu's contract expired as well. Um, Matty Longstaff went out on loan to Aberdeen. Well,
3: oh, that's weird. I huh? thought so he was one of their like Prospects. Mm. Like. Who is the other was Sean, that one? Of the other long star. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, he's the, the the one that United have been linked with once or twice. Yeah, but okay.
1: Matty scored against us both times he played us last season. <laughs> um, Norwich brought in a lot of players um, Solis from Panathinaikos, Angus Gunn from Southampton, Rashika from Werder Bremen, Coker from Southend, I'm assuming that's a youngster, Gibson from Burnley. It's not Darren Gibson, is it? Ben Gibson. Oh, okay. No, Darren Gibson. He was forced to retire. Wasn't yeah, he? Oh, was he? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say was that was
3: conviction. <laughs> that. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Thing yeah, for yeah. Ages, yeah. And then, yeah. That's said that's, about that at the moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Billy Gilmore from Chelsea. Josh Sargent from Werder Bremen. Brandon Williams from obviously
0: United. So they signed an, an entire new team. Honestly, there's, yeah.
1: there's about 12 players, yeah. And Kabak from Schalke. So, I mean, he was at Liverpool last season, so
3: that's
0: not the worst. No, obviously Billy Gilmore, Brandon Williams, and Kabak are the ones that stand out because they're the ones
2: yeah. we know about. Mm. Um, but
3: Kabak was probably a <laughs> necessity because Schalke got relegated, didn't they? Yeah,
0: so, yeah. So they would have been looking to Surely lighten their they need load. All the
2: help they can get
0: them. Well, this is and we've seen this happen before with Fulham, right? In the past, where yeah, they got right. out and signed so many new players, um, regardless of how much money they've spent, and then <coughs> there's not there's not been enough time to get them but all. You, yeah,
2: you can't mesh them all together. Exactly.
0: Right. So I mean, you Norwich need it. I mean, they've had a horrific start, fixture-wise, yeah. to the season. Um, it's about whether they can.
2: Is it getting any easier for them now, or
0: have they still got? They got Arsenal, Arsenal next. Yeah. Um, so yes, it is getting easier. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be a case of can they look past those early drubbings and maintain some level of confidence and and whatnot going into mm. the games where they need to get points and. They, that, I mean, they're going to be there or thereabouts down the bottom. I guess at, at least with
1: playing all these teams at the start, you've then got a easier fixture sort of run coming up.
0: I think that works as long as you don't get smashed. Yeah. And you lose the card. If you get out of those games with a 2-0 loss, 3-0 loss at worst, you, you're okay. But when they've lost, was it 3-0 to Liverpool, 5-0 to City? No. Um and they scored. It, Mm, yeah they scored a penalty yeah, didn't they, they did, who was yeah. it who was their play? did they it,
1: play it was it Leicester yes they lost 2-1 Um,
0: so yeah big big, uh, big couple of games coming up for them
1: Um, outgoings mainly lots of loans and sort of contract terminations but obviously Buendia was the big one
0: yeah um, big loss I yeah think
1: for them. Southampton brought in uh, Lyanko from Torino um, Theo Walcott obviously Livermentos looks actually quite good yeah, from Chelsea.
3: He was also linked with Brian, and the main reason Brian didn't get him was because of that buyback clause that they put in uh, uh, yeah. twenty five million.
0: Right. I think Brian didn't want that because of that. They
3: basically they just thought it was too cheap. Ah, okay. they, I think it's a two it's basically a minimum two year and then after that two year period there's a buyback clause of twenty five million. Wow. And twenty five million for a nineteen year old right English right back, English right back yeah. is peanuts. Yeah. Chelsea being clever with that because they've done that with a few other players. So are we
0: suggesting that that's the deal that Southampton have probably ended up with? Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. 25 million buyback.
0: We'll Mm. see. Maybe they'll just not play him for a while and try and (laughs) and keep keep him under the radar. (laughs)
1: Um, Another Chelsea player as well. Simeon? No. I'm assuming these are youngsters and Thierry Small from Everton. Again, don't know. Um, Outgoings, Ryan Bertrand obviously gone to Leicester. Um, Angus Gunn went to Norwich uh, Mario Lamina
0: yeah he never really no, he lived up to bit, the hype he? did he
1: um, Yannick Vestergaard Danny Ings and Obafemi
0: I mean those are players that were all first team regulars yeah, last did went well. yeah he went to Swansea
3: who have they got up front then
0: I've uh, still got um, Ched, uh, Ched Evans uh, no, or
3: Shea Evans. Evans that's the rapist yeah
0: <laughs> Shea uh, <Shay> Evans, <laughs> <Shay> Evans <laughs> isn't it Shea Adams Shea Adams oh god, god.
1: you confused me there uh, um, wow and uh, what, what's his name Armstrong
0: Adam Armstrong oh yeah he's looked pretty good since he's come in as well do we edit that bit out for you Dan I
1: do good lord as soon as I said it I was like and you repeat I was like no that ain't right um, moving on to Tottenham, bought in Christian Romero from Atalanta, fifty million. Mm-hmm. He's I don't think he's started yet. Um, but I mean they've kept three clean sheets so. Uh, Galini from Atalanta, Brian Gill from Sevilla. Um, but Eric Lamella went the other way. yep yeah. Um. He's looked pretty good so far, Brian Gill. To me, yeah. So. Uh, sar and Emerson Royal from Barcelona.
0: Emerson Royal is 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 hilarious because <laughs> I I completely didn't realise that Barcelona only signed him about six weeks previous to Spurs buying him from them. Mm. Um, And, you know, there's been so much coming out about Barcelona, as we know, but one of the things that's come out is, I think it was Emerson that came out and basically said that, you know, Barcelona sold him up the river with the dream of playing for Barcelona. And Pjanic has also come out Mm. and talked about how badly he was treated. So, and I suspect that this isn't the end we've heard from all of these stories, but from Tottenham's point of view, I think... You know, we'll wait and see whether he was ever going to be a Barcelona player or not but for 30 million today's world that's not a ridiculous risk in mm, today's yeah. world it means they've got three right backs though which is interesting is he not a left back I thought he was a left no, back no he's a right back okay.
1: um,
0: well they got rid of Serge Aurier, didn't they They tore yeah. up his contract yeah
1: they have got uh, Doherty and Tanganga Tanganga's been alright I think so far um, so it'd be interesting to see which one of them the third choice I assume Doherty
0: which, as we said last week, is weird given the relationship mm. with Nuno. Yeah.
1: So. Maybe betrayed him by leaving. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not forgotten. <laughs> uh, Outgoings—they got rid of Gazaniga, um, Danny Rose. Where did he go? He's gone to Watford. Okay. Mm. Um, Lamella, Juan Foyf, uh Joe Hart went to Celtic. He's having a great time up <laughs> there from yeah. what I've seen so far. And um, it's just skipped for some reason. Uh, Sissoko went to Watford as well. That oh, went man. under the
0: radar a little bit. It yeah, I, think I, I think didn't even realise it's... he was there until I saw him <laughs> in a Watford
1: shirt, and I was like, "Hang
3: on a minute!" I think that's a fairly. I mean, how much do they pay for him? Does it say? Uh, yeah, six mil. I mean, that's, uh, that's not decent, a bad six signing. Because mm-hmm. um, that uh, documentary, uh, the Spurs one, all you saw from Sissoko was they just. Hard working shows up on time, yeah. Good around the <coughs> room consummate professional yeah. Just that's a good players to have in your team. Mm. He's what 30? Yeah, so, gotta be around. Yeah, there.
0: I mean, he's got Champions League experience with Spurs. Mm. Um, whether you rate him or not, that's going to be I handy do,
3: for, for Watford. I do remember when Spurs signed him, was it from Newcastle yeah. for like mm. 30 million? Like a few years ago, I was like, Newcastle, what, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laughing all the way to the back <laughs> yeah. they were.
1: um, Watford brought in Danny Rose, um, Ashley Fletcher from Middlesbrough.
0: That's a very odd one because he's yeah. ex-West Ham yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and he,
0: he never scored for us even though there was lots of potential about him. Then he went on loan and I'm fairly certain he never set the world alight even at like Middlesbrough where he was at. Yeah, I don't it was at I Sunderland
3: think. as well, wasn't he? It was in yeah, the documentary.
1: Emmanuel Dennis from Club Bridge, he scored on his debut um, and Josh King and the rest are sort of free transfers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, outgoings, a lot.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Troy Deeney's obviously Troy Deeney's gone to Birmingham uh, Andre Gray has gone to QPR chalaber has gone to Fulham um, which is weird I don't think I don't really see Chalaber as like a championship player I thought he was quite quite a decent player yeah but, um, who else Jerome Sinclair left Isaac Success
0: I'm disappointed he's not in the Premier League <laughs> just because of the name yeah
1: <laughs> it's not as good as uh, Marvellous no, Marvellous for Camber, yeah. in Canberra, what his name is, yeah. Uh, moving on to West Ham, left it quite late, didn't they?
0: Yeah, as we always do.
1: Um, you brought in LMB from Chelsea, Nevers from Reading, uh, Oka Flex from
0: Celtic. He's, yeah, great name. He's actually been scoring quite a lot of goals. I mean, That's he got it. two against Celtic when we played them, yeah, for, which was
1: quite funny. Uh, Ariola from PSG. That's a good
0: song. Yeah, so... Apparently, Fabian, Fabianski is going into his last year of contract. He's already retired from international duty. Rumour is, is that we're not going to keep him on beyond this mm. year. And um, so, Areola has been, he's alone with a view to buy. Yeah. So, I think the, it's a bit more of a long term. Is it option or obligation? That is a very good question. I think it's obligation, but I could be okay. wrong.
1: Um, obviously Vlasic I think they signed on deadline day we did yeah Um, and wouldn't have been a West Ham window if you hadn't signed a Czech Republican I
0: mean the, the funny thing Crow. is West, West Ham are actually now buying into this whole Czech <laughs> conveyor belt because on their um, press release on social media you must,
1: they must be on football managers putting Czech Republicans
0: <laughs> it's the, the
1: easiest filter in the world isn't it <laughs> three
0: stars four stars <laughs> but they actually so they're now they're now getting um, uh, Kufa and Sucek. They they got him them to do the announcement of Krau okay. coming in and they made a bit of a bit of banter about it about the fact that you know Crow said I had You're two, two extra agents. We are <laughs> we're, we're cornering the world on Czech Republic players. Um but the, the the other thing is well, there's been a second takeover bid um launched today by this Pi Capital people who i I'll be honest, I'm not hundred percent sure and they look a bit shady to me mm. from what I've seen and read. Um but supposedly there is a secret silent backer who's going to be the head honcho who's putting a lot of the money in and supposedly he is from the Czech Republic I wonder why that is
1: (laughs) Um, only one real sort of big name outgoings was Felipe Anderson yeah we
0: sold him for all of 3 million yeah
1: back to the club you bought him for yeah great
0: business um, yeah it's a shame with him because he, he was amazing that first season mm. and he just never <coughs> never reached the heights and he was not, he's not a David Moyes player because he just doesn't work hard enough mm. um, and he's got a bit of the uh, the urs was about him that even when he works hard he doesn't look like he is mm. sort of like that demeanour about him so um, and frankly the way that West Ham been performing recently and the transfers we brought in I don't think anyone can really question David Man. Moyes' decision Man. on that um,
1: and lastly Wolves they brought in Huang
0: Hee Chan looking forward to saying that one <laughs>
1: um, from Leipzig uh, Jose Saar from Olympiakos that's the goalkeeper um, Nuri I think he was already there Yeah. I think, I think he, he must yeah. have signed him on a permanent um, and Trincao on loan from Barcelona mm-hmm. he's started quite well actually yeah he has Yeah. Uh, outgoings obviously uh, Mourinho took Patricio with them did he? Did yeah, he? yeah he's gone to Roma I did not
0: know that who's their goalie, goalie now then?
1: Saar literally just said that they signed Sar to replace Petrucci. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, it's the
2: attitude
1: I get. Oh, it's yeah. The
0: mind games for the quiz later. That's what listen to me. Jesus. He's going to need
1: it as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: and gems. gems.
1: Yeah, they signed Sar from Olympiakos.
0: Uh, so, who's he replacing?
1: Moving um, <laughs> on. Um, outgoings, not uh, just Morgan Gibbs White. The rest, yeah, I don't think. Anyone would really know. Nice. Yep. Um, that's
0: it. Okay, so in what is fast becoming our record um, length oh, first segment... I did think that. I was like,
1: we're talking about a lot more than I thought we were. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what do we think then, if I go around the room, best transfer windows and worst transfer? <sighs> Fran, fr- Fran's uh, negating to respond, that's fine. City? <laughs> what, best?
2: Yeah, Jack Greenwich. Huh? <laughs> Such a girl, such a. Just like girl. those cards, don't you? <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, Where would you think best and worst? Uh, I said Leicester earlier. So I'll stick with Leicester. And worst, Newcastle mm-hmm. or Burnley.
0: Okay. Hmm.
3: Um.
1: You know, okay. No, I don't <laughs> think United. I, like, think I agree you with Chris. Like the one player we needed to sign was a CDM, and we went and you for got every louder. player other than <laughs> the CDM. Um. I mean, he could probably do a job there. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <He probably laughs> could, yeah. Uh. Best. I would probably say Leicester as well. I think they always have the best window. They just seem to spot these players that no one's really thought about.
0: Yeah. Mm. A little bit like like you, I would have said that West Ham would be in the conversation if we'd have signed a striker. But again, we didn't. And that's a Mm. big miss. We've signed good players who who improve us, but to not sign another striker for Antonio is concerning, Mm -hmm. especially with the extra games that Europe brings this year. year. So for the same reason, I'm not going to include them. I think I'd have to say... um, Leicester have to be up there because even if on paper right now we don't know how some of these signings mm. are going to pan out history tells us that they normally do Yeah, um,
1: I um, do agree with what Joe said I know we'll get to it later as well with Chelsea I think the one gap they had was a striker and they signed Lukaku and they yeah. plugged that gap so
0: Yeah, which in yeah. which is what um, we said about um, that Man City maybe didn't do mm. um, yeah. and I looked at um, something earlier where it was ranking the um, this guy the,
2: it drop oh yeah
0: the what about Man City how dare you <laughs> um, let me see if I can find it it was something to do with uh, Man City being like fifth yeah Man City he reckon that Man City had, had the fifth best transfer window I'm not so sure yeah. you can say that because the squad they already had as we say didn't need that improvement so yeah. I don't know whether you can say one signing on somebody that yes maybe does improve them a bit wasn't what they needed I think
1: they'll get Haaland next year though and then they'll
0: be unreal yeah. So yeah, and this particular post has actually put uh, Man United Let's as the best, with West Ham second.
2: Is James Sancho even started yet? It started yeah. once, yeah, yeah. starting against once. Wolves.
0: Yeah. yeah, didn't didn't do a great deal. Mm-hmm. Well, his first game. For was good there. So right, okay, um, well, what we're going to do now is just very quickly touch on what our viewers thought. Are you are you ready for me, Fraser? <laughs> You're not ready. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we asked um, basically the, the, everyone what they thought the best signing of the window was, worst signing, best. Trans window from a team point of view and worst uh, we had a couple of responses I think we even had one on uh, on Instagram from Shearer, but I think he copied what he'd said onto onto Facebook so you might notice I'm waffling here because I'm <laughs> waiting hello, for Fran to catch hello. up hello. <laughs> you could
2: have not. It's, it's not in the notes uh, it's not
0: in the notes you're right I do apologise <laughs> okay
2: Um. right Pete lovely Pete said the best uh, Man United, the likes of Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane—they um, missed a trick not letting Lingard move on
0: there. I don't know if Man United missed a trick. I think Lingard missed a trick. Lingard, yeah,
2: hundred. I don't know if
0: Man United are going to suffer from that particularly.
1: Bit of both. I would like to have sold Lingard and used that money towards a CDM.
0: Man United didn't don't need the money to spend on a CDM. They don't need to unless they're that yeah. worried about financial fair play that they needed to as sell first. Know. Yeah, it was
1: annoying as well because, like, the whole... After we signed Varane, the whole thing was that we needed to... Even the owners were saying we need to sell to buy, we need to sell to buy. Yeah. And then we went and bought Cristiano Ronaldo.
0: <laughs> but you were never really linked with anyone. No. That I can remember. It no. was a... a Everyone was linked with Declan Rice this summer, but yeah. I don't think it was ever serious. I
1: think serious. we're just going to get him next year instead. <laughs> What's going <laughs> what to happen like with Van Bæk and people like that? Oh, well, guys, <laughs> don't get this started. Van Bæk, the
0: forgotten man.
1: Has
2: he even played?
1: No, honestly. Like, honestly, has, he has he even come off it? the bed now?
2: Why is he? Wow. Why is he there?
1: Honestly. Anyway, if I, if I could sit <laughs> Solshar down and ask him <laughs> what his plan is going <laughs>
2: to be, I would do. Um. Worst. Arsenal. Need I say more? Chris sorry to your neighbour sure he's a really nice guy behind the
0: tears
1: (laughs)
2: Uh, signing of the season going to mix it up and say Michael Olive Olive?
0: yeah this is the guy we talked about he's gone to Paris Uh, for Reading
2: five year deal for the 19 year old he was on fire with Reading last season and for just 8 mil it's an absolute steal (laughs) eyebrow razor that sweet sweet magic man Danny Ings landing a deal at a proper club
0: couldn't resist a dig its out no he did not
2: (laughs) a huge Pompey fan um it's got to be one. In reply <laughs> yeah. to this, Joe Morton, very measured. This reply from Joe. Yeah, he oh,
0: o- obviously had a you know a good day. Mm. Oh, I'm
2: very proud of him.
0: Well, Chelsea didn't play this weekend, did he? So? No, he's can't probably know. on a level playing field, isn't
2: he? Uh, can't agree with United, but yes, they made some great signings, but still not got a decent CDM, and that's their weakness. Whereas Chelsea's weakness was up front, and we've gone and signed one of the best strikers in the game, and also a risk-free signing of who's that? Sule. Sound of yeah. yeah. Oh, improves our squad debt. Also, we are in profit. Villa have done great business and I think I'd say City or Liverpool have done the worst business. <laughs> City have majorly overspent on greedish and failed to sign a striker. And Liverpool have let players like Ornald and Shaqiri go and not replace them.
0: I mean, it's rare that we we agree on almost everything that Joe has just said there, but I think I do. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't think he's missed the mark on any of that. Um, Chelsea didn't really need to sign anybody outside of a striker no. and that's pretty much all they did sign mm. is that is that
2: just Shearer
0: saying about Newcastle yeah so yeah Shearer just said I don't think I need to talk about how bad Newcastles were um, it's bad bad times for a Newcastle fan yeah, right I mean, now
1: I feel sorry for them like having an owner that is, just wants to sell the club doesn't want to invest but won't sell the club at the same time
0: yeah Yeah, it doesn't, it's not not good for them. Uh, Right, okay. Well, what is probably the record for the uh, the first (laughs) half of the show, just over an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, We will take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk uh, about uh, Will's podcast. See you in a minute. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. So now it's time to um, fully allow Will to introduce himself. Um, so Will, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your podcast?
3: So I run a media platform. It's not just a podcast. Oh, wow. We do have a digital magazine and a website and everything as well. And what we do is we focus on uh, everything off the pitch in rugby. So we don't look at the game and everything like that, but we look at what goes on behind the scenes in governing the game, running the game, such as sponsorship, Facilities, um, fan engagement that clubs do, their community work, and everything like that.
0: So, we're talking professional level,
3: professional level, and down to the grassroots as well. So okay. The podcast that I do, we speak to people that work within the game, ask them about their stories or experiences that they've had, and basically just sharing sharing what they know to help the game grow. Basically, excellent. Um, and I presume that everyone can find this podcast on all your regular and
0: all the regular apps. places yeah cool. that's the one um, I mean I'll be honest I've never been a huge fan of rugby but I do try and pay attention to the big tournaments the, the big international games Six Nations World Cup all that kind of stuff um, but as we touched on earlier one of the things I love about rugby is the fans
3: mm-hmm.
0: in that sort of carnival atmosphere you always see it just looks like everyone's having such a great time Yeah, and I wish that you could go to a football game and have mm-hmm. the same experience
3: do you know one of the reasons for that is the lack of restrictions that you get in rugby matches? So obviously football has that rule where you can't drink alcohol within sight of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Rugby doesn't have that rule. We don't have fan segregation. We don't have all these resti- restrictions that sometimes cause a bit of aggro unnecessarily. Otherwise. So
0: yeah, I, I I have I cannot see a future in football where any of those things you've just mentioned yeah, are yeah, ever it, allowed. Is it, is it
3: <laughs> Fulham that have like a like a family stand and stuff like that where you can just, anyone can buy a ticket and go in but I don't know how they like How do you police it? Yeah, police it and make sure that everyone's Mm. behaving basically but I think there's a few kind of teams lower down the league that do that but they're probably just
2: When we immediately say like how do you police that like nothing really needs policing Not in rugby rugby, This is true I mean
3: I've been to games where there has been a bit of like Agro, but nothing that you saw of the scenes at, like, Wembley in the Euros. Is it so because,
2: like. like, fans are just nice? Or because... <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say that in terms of, like, because we'd say, like, if you went to a Man United-Man City game, like, they would literally be at each other because... They're yeah, but that, ang- that's
1: a derby match. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, but
2: they'd be at each other and they're, like, people would be angry, but or they're also passionate about their club, but... People are passionate about their rugby club, I guess, but just in a different way. Yeah,
3: and there's just there's just a level of respect I think that <laughs> the, rugby, they, well, the rugby <laughs> fans have and sometimes it's like arrogant respect, which sometimes I don't really like that side of the game where you just get that argument of, Oh football's rugby's better than football, this is why, this is why I look at how players treat the ref and everything yeah. like that, which I just I don't get on board with. But there there is a culture in rugby which is 30 big blokes smashing head out of each other that will buy each other a beer after the game. Yeah. And that does sort of fall back into the stadiums as well, I think.
0: I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you which game it was, but I remember it was a, might have been a Heineken Cup final, maybe, mm. um, where a player literally punched somebody in the face on the ground within the first three or four minutes yeah. and got red card. And I think I'm right in saying that it was the first time that somebody had ever been red carded, in either in a Heineken Cup final or that early in a Cup final, whatever it was. And after after the game, you just say there about the respect between the players. One of the guys tweeted and said, "I'm really sorry for what I've done." Yeah. Tagged the guy and said, "You know, can't apologise enough." And the guy responded and went, "No worries, mate. Hell of a punch." Exactly. Can <laughs> you yeah. imagine yeah. Like yeah. two Hold football on. players doing that? Would never but do that. A
2: lot of people criticise like um, footballers now for hugging after games and stuff like that, and they say that all the passion's gone they're yeah. all
0: too friendly so there is that side of it as well Yeah. so yeah as you say like what what do we I mean if you ask Roy Keane what, you, what, what would you want he'd want a few leg breakers thrown in there I don't think Roy Keane
1: would have been hugging Vieira <laughs> 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 probably not no.
0: um, but having you on the podcast Will does give us a, a unique opportunity to sort of deeper dive into the two sports and how they correlate I know you've you've come prepared with some yeah. of your uh, comparisons and how maybe the the two games can learn from each other, but I suspect it's going to be more football learning from rugby than...
3: than, Um, than... Well, I'll start by saying that football is a bigger and better sport than rugby is, I think, in terms of what it brings to people all around the world. Rugby is a very small sport compared to football. So, I mean, they only... Rugby's only been professional since 1995, so 25 25 years or so, so it's... You can't compare them, Mm -hmm. but there are certain things that rugby does the football can learn from. And one of them is that horrible VAR. <laughs> um, the use of like video ref in in rugby is just years and way above anything that football does. I mean, it, they've had VAR or what they call TMO, the television match official. I think it first came in in 2001.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. But
3: it, it's only been probably the last five to 10 years where it's been properly utilized and utilized really, really well. Um, And there's just certain things that they do that just football, I don't know why football just hasn't seen the model that rugby do and just emulated it. Mm. Um, They mic up the refs. So if you're watching from home on TV, you can hear Mm. everything the ref is saying. And that's not just like the decision that they've made. It's communicating with players during play as well. So if someone's offside or if someone's about to be offside, you can just hear them say like, oh, Johnny, like take two yards back and stuff like that, which Mm -hmm. is just helping the game flow and everything like that. And people watching it learn from it as well. Yeah. Um, which you don't get. And just the, even in the stadium as well, you can buy ref links so you go to watch a game live. You can hear what the ref, oh, ref really? is Oh really? I, didn't, I didn't know that. Thing like that. Which is another, it's quite a big revenue channel for yeah, England because they charge like five or six quid for it. So well.
0: can you, do you not hear it in the stadium?
3: No, you don't hear it in the stadium at all but you have your little like one earpiece yeah. go to the game and you hear it. And the best thing that they do compared to football referees is they explain their decisions Mm. so even if you don't agree with it they you can hear them talking to the television match official and they'll say this is why i'm going to award the penalty or this is why i'm going to award the try i've seen this i've seen that do you agree he'll go yeah i agree with that and then the decision is made it's not let's go to var let's run to a little screen on the side of the pitch let's see some dodgy wavy lines with no one talking and then a decision is made yeah so i think that is just something that football can learn from definitely just communication and i know there's been people saying before like you can't have refs mic'd up because of the be effing and blinding that you're hear, but that will soon stop yeah i think so and they could they could do it learn from american football as well where a ref you can turn it on and off so mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be constantly on and i think they trialed it in australia maybe yeah, yeah i remember see seeing that. that video that was
0: really interesting yeah. that video where you just heard I guess because we've always seen it so silently, you just assume that they are just refereeing in silence other than when they put their finger to their ear. Yeah. But actually, when you listen to that referee, it's constant. They're just yeah. constantly talking mm-hmm. to each other.
3: And it's just a, a little part of the game that you just you don't see, but you get to see in rugby.
0: Yeah, there are rumours that the mic'd up aspect of it is coming to football, maybe next season. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it gets trialled in the... In the World Cup next year, first Mm. that's usually when they try. It's it's crazy that you use such humongous tournaments (laughs) to test these things, but historically, that's that's when they've done it. Yeah, Um, they're usually
1: a lot better at it as well.
0: When you look at VR of the Euros, I mean, he got so much praise. Um, Touchwood in Fens VR so far has been a
3: lot better this season. Been as big a talking point this season.
0: It was no, not not, yet. And and
3: rugby did have its learning curves. It did struggle a few times. A few, I think it was the 2007 Rugby World Cup final with England or South Africa. Where there was a try disallowed for England, that everyone was basically like that. Guys in touch, the guys in touch having the video ref not see it. So we we have had those moments, but they're few and far. They're few and far between, and how good it is now, you just forget about it. Yeah, and it is something of, of all the sports as well. They're just like cricket, tennis. Mm. The, the, when they use video refereeing, it just seems miles better than.
0: Yeah, people. it is. It's really odd that that. VAR has been talked about. Before it came in, it was talked about so much from everyone in the football press and the managers all saying we need you know technology in, in sport. Yeah. Um, ball, ball line technology or goal line technology has been easy to implement because it's, it's either in or it's not. And it's all automated, so there's no, there's no questioning it. And I don't recall, other than one, was the Sheffield United Villa game last year, I think yeah. it was, where it was, it was Sheffield United and somebody... Because
3: it, it was Grealish who did the interview afterwards. It was was like, it? I haven't seen it, but yeah, I'd so be, I'd be
0: where some kind of like one in a million situation happened no, that right. the technology couldn't see it. Can't but be. outside of that, it's, it's worked flawlessly. Um, but it, yeah, it makes me, it stuns me to think that all these other sports, and I appreciate there are differences with how the game plays and the natural stoppages, mm. but it is amazing that they cannot adapt what they've seen in cricket, in rugby, in tennis mm. um, to make a better attempt at VR. Because here we are, this is our third season of VR now. Think, yeah, yeah and yeah. we are only just beginning to see, mm. you know, signs of improvement.
1: Although I think, I think they did say it would take up to like five years for it to sort of actually start working properly. Yeah, like there were the it curves this
2: season.
1: Yeah, so although we well. only three games in. But <laughs> yeah, but give it think about the three
2: games last season. Yeah, no, yeah I mean, at the
0: start of last season, I think we were talking about handballs so much, weren't we? Because the yeah. kept giving handballs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: when they kept changing the rules every week, you <laughs> keep up with
0: it. So yeah, it's I, I hope that we are, you know, on a steady improvement line now and we're not gonna kind of regress back to where we were. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean rugby's just been so much better mm. for, yeah. for that sort of
3: thing. Uh, they've do, had more time at it, but yeah.
0: Do you think that the the way in which rugby does have more natural stopping points? Um football does to a point, but often the for in rugby for example, I guess. If, if something breaks down, i.e. there's a foul, but you've still got possession, you keep going, yeah, yeah. it's a lot easier to bring it back yeah, yeah. When, it, when you've decided that there was an infringement. Whereas yeah. in football, the transition between attacking defence or just another attacking phase can be so quick that you can potentially undo so much of what's happened to go back to a decision that you missed, You know, even if it's only 30 seconds ago. There's that, mm. a lot of football potentially yeah. you've, you've, you're cancelling out.
3: And I think rugby does benefit from the fact that it is a slower game and one of the big criticisms in football with VAR is the time it takes for decisions to be made. But I think rugby fans are used to delayed decisions and stuff like that and waiting for, fan, waiting yeah. for a decision to be made. So I think that works against football a little bit, but I think they still can do a bit. It's mainly the communication side of it. If fans watching at home and during the game could listen to a referee explain a decision... You understand it and you could accept it a lot better,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think, and I know the, uh, the other there's a massive moth that's just flying around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just, Big
2: old boy. it's distracting all of us <laughs>
0: and just flying around in our faces right now. Um, oh, he's gonna, he's gone it's outside. Out. We're good, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and on your notes, I you can see the next bit is about sing bins,
3: yeah. So in rugby, um, if you get a yellow card um, during a game, you go off for 10 minutes basically, and this is normally done for repeat offences of a certain um, certain thing, like if you commit a load of offences like when the other team is about to score a try, yeah. violent play and stuff like that. So if you punch someone but not in the face, you'll probably get a yellow card. If that's you, amazing. If there's yes. a bit of a scrap. If you break someone,
0: if you break someone's ribs,
3: just a yellow. Just watch yourself. <laughs> Go
0: and have 10 minutes, have a word with yourself. That, and
3: that's basically what it's for. Basically just like a cooling off period, like how they have it in ice hockey when it sort of kicks off there as well. It's just a cooling off period. And I think in terms of the way that football's governed and how, it's, how the players are governed, I think it, there are certain moments when a sin bin could work. So I think a good
1: example would maybe be that Rhys James red card. Yeah. I feel like maybe a sin bin, something like that, like an accidental, Because you can't... I don't think he, you know, purposely handballed
0: mean. it. Yeah, it was so instinctive, it happened so quickly. Mm, yeah. um, and we talked about whether a penalty goal could have been given. I don't know, penalty tries yeah, penalty are a, tries in, a thing, Yeah. in rugby. So could they have done a penalty goal because mm. it was going in and then said to Reese James 10 minutes? Yeah. Would well, That would have been yeah. A, yeah. a much more adequate penalty. But
2: more like repeated... It's repeated like, defence, but it is also... Aggression. He wasn't yeah. really... He, no,
3: but he, 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 was he just did unlucky. something that was... Stopping a goal. If someone did one thing that stopped a try but in rugby, no, they might also get a sin. It penalty, wasn't
2: yeah. intentional.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be a red card because because it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't intentional. Yeah, but that's
2: why I'm saying it shouldn't really be a sin bin thing either. Well, it should. I, I, think I think it should. As hmm? so
3: though you just think it just should be a penalty, no other punishment. Is what you to
0: say? Yeah. So I mean, the the current rule as it stands is if you deny an obvious goal of scoring opportunity. <laughs> um with the use of your hand, it's an automatic red card. Yeah, so oh, But I mean, let's say for example that incident happened in the 10th minute. You know, you're down to 10 men for 80 minutes, mm. whereas you give them a goal because it would have gone in anyway and then say, right, you go off for 10 minutes. Yes, you're at a disadvantage for 10 minutes, but you yeah. do get him back for the other 70.
2: I just mean, I don't think it should be a sin bin because I feel like a sin bin is more for like when you're being a dick.
0: So in which case then, would you say <laughs> yellow, yellow card plus a penalty goal and he stays on the pitch. Would that be
2: That I mean, that batter? would be better,
0: yeah. Or do you not think a yellow card at all? Do you think, just award the goal and come on? It <laughs> depends,
2: doesn't it? <laughs> but I do, if for this instance, I do think the simbin is not the thing for that.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing I was thinking of the other day was that Jacques tackle, which was a red card, mm-hmm. which the thing that stood out to me, and I can see why it's a red card, because of how he went in and everything like that, but there's something that stood out to me is when the commentator said, or if he caught him there, it would have been dangerous. Yeah. So the fact that you're saying if he caught him, he didn't properly catch him, yeah. but he was still aggressive and it was still out of control, which in the current rules of the game is a red card. Yeah. But if a sin bin or an orange card, if you're going to call it that, was an option, the ref could pull Jacker aside and say, that was a bit too much, take 10 minutes off the pitch, call yourself down, yeah. come back on. Um,
0: I think Jacker was was looking for a way. Out. I think if, if he'd have yeah, been given yeah, a bin yeah, yeah. he'd have come on and done exactly the same thing again. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, that's the problem. If you know, if they get simbin and then they come on and they Still end up injuring or something yeah, like that, yeah. then you've got people saying, "Well, why is that simbin? It should have been a
0: red card." And, yeah. Yeah. and equally, if he comes back on after the simbin and scores the winner,
1: yeah.
3: yeah true. Um, but, but then the point of the simbin in rugby is that you're punished for a certain amount of time, so it's your opportunity then to capitalise yeah. yeah, on that. The, the Liverpool Chelsea game it ruined the game. Yeah. That record, as a spectacle right. but, the yeah, of the
1: game. with that because I always find obviously we have Simbins in our football
0: okay. I always
1: find yeah
0: at grassroots level really? we have Simbins no, I, yeah. Yeah.
1: I always feel like you almost have, sort of have to go all out in those 10 minutes to try and make the most of it yeah
3: I guess what, what's that uh, uh, what's it for what, yeah, what do basically. you
1: get it for so, so you're like being, you're being lippy to the ref and
0: that it's almost solely for that I got same
1: bit in like the first game it was at. Pre-season <laughs> friendly yeah. and yeah. a try-hard After
0: referee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's almost exclusively for for mouth
3: just to referees. And stuff, um, yeah. Well, I, they could just use it for that then. Mm. Maybe if they're trying to cut that out of the game and if they've got... It'd be a, a, five, it'd be a
0: five-a-side game if yeah, but if they've, got, <laughs> if they've got
3: video refs and, um, and they're mic'd up and that's something that they need yeah. to do then maybe working together that could could potentially solve our problem. Yeah,
0: I am surprised. I mean, usually... Um, I can't remember which way around it is, but normally you will see a change in one, at the upper echelons of sport, or you will see it at the, at the grassroots level. Yeah. And usually, as long as it's not te- te- uh, technology-based, usually it will filter through.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, so whether it's uh, some kind of offside wall adjustment or whatever it is, usually that will filter through so that it becomes the standard across all of the, the sort of the pyramid of football. So for Simbins to have been in for, what, two or three years now?
4: Yeah.
0: For that to have not even reached, you know... Oh. Football National, league level, yeah, um, league. let alone Premier League, it's it's quite odd. I mean, if what you know, what makes it so special that only grassroots can implement it? Why mm. is that not being implemented at Premier League level? Because certainly, from a kid's point of view, you know, you know, they do look up and look at the Premier League as an example, mm. and they see players behaving in the way that they do. You Just know, talking at negative yeah. role models type thing. Um, if they get sent off and say, "No, you cannot talk to me like that. Go and sit down for ten minutes." surely as a, as a message that sends out a clear line, you know, respect line, that if you cross, you're going to get punished. Whereas at the moment, you know, I mean, the, the foul and abusive language is still a red card offence. It's not changed. Yeah. It's just that no referees ever pick you up on it. You might do it at our level if yeah. you get... Because usually the, the language towards referees at our level is not that bad. No. Nah. You only get one or two players in each team that will give a give mouth. But to really be abusive... It's quite rare. So, when it does happen, it's a fairly simple red card because it's so rare. Whereas mm. in Premier League, you see the way they crowd the referees, yeah. the way they talk, you can visibly well, see them swearing. I think the crowding
1: has got better. I don't think they crowd around the referee as much as they used to. It's, it's mainly sort of captains and that that mm. go in and um, influence yeah, the decisions yeah. and stuff. If yeah. it
0: was just a captain one on one discussion, I've got no problem with that. Yeah. Because referees at that level should be absolutely fine to have that conversation and deal with it. Well, Even if the captain doesn't get the answer he wants, mm. that conversation can be had and it can be respectful. But when you've got four or five players crowding the referee that's when it starts to cross the line in rugby
3: as well it's actually the captain who's the only person who's allowed to speak to the referee if um, if someone comes out and starts screaming at the referee or even just saying something that the referee doesn't like and some referees can be quite jobs worth on this especially (laughs) at grassroots level um, there's other punishments where you get a penalty and they just march you back 10 metres so you just get punished in different ways and stuff like that so it's just a lot more strict it is stricter but yeah
2: it's but people respect it yeah
0: Footballers just don't respect it. Excellent. Um, let's move on. So the author, your third point you talk about uh, in-game interviews. Yeah,
3: well, this is something that I picked up from another podcast. There's a guy, um, Tim Cocker, who actually works for BT Sport. He runs um, a rugby podcast. And it's something that he has championed a BT Sport himself and they've done quite successfully. And what he says is that sport is basically storytelling. So when you're watching a game as a fan, you want to learn as much as you can about the game About the people involved the characters and everything like that and what they've started doing on bt sport is during a match they'll cut to someone in the stands either like an attack coach a defense coach set piece coach or something like that and they'll interview them during the game say 20 30 minutes in basically saying right steve what do you think so far of the game your area of the game that you look after a new coach how is this going for you is it going to plan um is there anything that you think the team can improve on and stuff like that? And it's just a really neat little two or three-minute interview that just mm. gives great insight into um, the game, basically. And it, just, it helps people that don't might not understand rugby understand it a little bit better. And I think football could do with something like that. There's too much, for me, media-trained interviews where mm-hmm. people don't give sort of honest opinions. And I'm not expecting, like, Martin Tyler to cut to, like, Imagine <laughs> Jeff Shreve <laughs> <that>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jeff, Jeff. Jeff Shreve's cutting in and just they chat, do. I chatting mean, to I think it's Tuchel B, on the sideline. But I don't know if it's Sky
1: as well. But I think BT do with the referee. Um, they have like a they've got a referee working from now on, and they say yeah. do you agree with the referee? Yeah, decision but th- this there. is
3: more like that. Like you learn more about what the preparation the club has done for this game and stuff like that. Where they start talking, they don't talk in details of tactics, obviously. But there's just certain things that you pick up on and just learn throughout various games. I just think it's quite interesting. Mm. A lot of football teams now have like set-piece set coaches and yeah. stuff like that. So if there's been a few corners in the game and you, they ask if, like, is it going well? Is it what yeah. you're trying to do working at the moment? Or <laughs> anything like <laughs> Speak that? Speak to the Arsenal coach, 4 <laughs> down, <laughs> yeah. set-pieces. How
0: do you think it's going? Yeah. Yeah, so it it's, it's, it's it's interesting because there are other sports that do it. I know cricket does it. Often, on some of the games, actually, like, the wicket-keeper is, yeah. is mic'd up. Sometimes even the batsmen are. Yeah.
3: Um, and that's very. And they're doing Formula One as well, don't they? They occasionally speak to someone on the paddock and stuff like that during the yeah, race. Yeah.
0: So yeah, during race weekends, then they normally have a team mm. that they'll have communication with, and they'll, you know, bounce stuff off that team principle for the yeah. for the weekend. Um. So it, it would be interesting to see how that will be adopted because there is this element of secrecy with yeah. football, um, in that in, nobody can possibly know anything about your team in fear for. You know, giving away something to the opposition Spike which might it. yeah exactly Spike, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is
3: something that they could talk to like everyone can see what's happening during the game it's just their opinion of whether it's kind of plan or not or just yeah. other factors that might be happening in the game say there's been a red card you might... Having, like, a heat of the moment...
0: I'd love somebody heat to Heat of say the that, moment, yeah.
3: like, opinion on whether it was a red card or not is just something that... Trying desperately not to swear on, like, <laughs> yeah, is so amazing. Yeah, after they've just kicked all the balls <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just someone catching him in the tunnel <laughs> as he's off <going laughs> can, can, can I get a quick word?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be... That would be cool. I, I wouldn't I, want to be
1: that interviewer.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, that's, right. that's, <laughs> a, that's a, that, who drew the yeah. Yeah, short straw there. Um, it, yeah, it would be interesting. I don't... I honestly don't know how well it will be adopted just because of how football is and how this sort of secrecy is Mm -hmm. to actually break into that during it. I mean, you often see um, international level now, sometimes in big Premier League games where they'll do interviews with managers before a game rather than just afterwards. Um, And as you say, they're so kind of pointless interviews because they're just asking questions about what you're expecting from this game.
4: Yeah.
0: well. 22 blokes are going to play football yeah. and mm-hmm. you know our tactics against theirs and we'll see you wins and it's like well you're not really adding anything no, that's what to I mean. the that's... narrative of what we're about to watch no
3: and it's also i find it quite repetitive what they all say and especially with the fact that the fa punishes managers for coming out and speaking their mind about officials yeah. and stuff like that where like in rugby for example if a referee makes a decision they come out and explain their decision to the media yeah. you don't really get that in football either. you used to yeah. It wasn't
0: so long ago that you did get referees that would come out. and but They just have talk.
3: this protective bubble around them, which yeah. I don't really like.
0: I mean, if there's ever one referee, I'd love to. I'd love to have a documentary of Mike Dean. <laughs> <laughs> get a get a documentary, getting mic'd up He on would love to be mic up. Oh yeah, he, he would, would be, be the, at the first, front, first yeah, person there, yeah. front of the queue. <laughs> That's a bit of me. Um, so yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd like to see it, but I don't know how well it will be adopted. Yeah, and I feel like with the media with football, how it is. I feel like they'd make a hash of it yeah, frankly awesome. I, I think they'd end up asking questions that are just irrelevant mm. rather than trying to get the feelings of that person they'd end up just asking almost like questions that could be answered with a yes or no But yeah. well, sometimes
3: thing. these interviews are quite funny because they'll cut to they'll just be talking to them but something will happen in the game so the guy will ask a question and it'll just get completely ignored <laughs> <laughs> something's happening in the game that this guy's actually got to do his job for and respond to and watch and stuff like that so we're like, all right, cool. Yeah, we're going to come back to him in a bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do.
3: I do
0: find the notion you're saying about set piece coaches. I do find yeah. the notion of set piece coaches in football so odd. Mm. I mean, like, with all the them have attack, defense coaches, goalkeeping coaches, fitness coaches. Mm. How can how is set piecing a set piece specialist such a a thing that you require a specific coach for it? Why can't an attack or a defense coach incorporate
2: that
1: already? Really? Funny you say yeah, that though. It. I have seen the difference in the teams that have had set piece coaches like. Brentford brought in a set piece coach, and they scored that goal against Arsenal.
2: But who was the who was the pundit that was saying like, shouldn't that just be what a coach is supposed to do?
0: Yeah, probably Roy Keane. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) sort of sounds like the sort of thing. Graham sooner, it's one of those two. Yeah. Um, Right. Well, I hate to be. um, I hate to be. Uh, horrid and push on but I think we're probably just about just run right. out of time to talk about the other bits we were going to talk about salary cap because I feel like that discussion could end up, go on for, ages, go on for a while is. so <laughs> perhaps next time we have <laughs> you, you on the show on. I'll yeah, come yeah. back on another time exactly and um, so what we'll do um, we will get cracking then as I try and get my soundboard to come alive. there we go um, we'll get on with uh, Dan the Statman Dan the Statman so yeah, um
1: question was simply just which of the which seven of the twenty Premier League clubs made a profit this transfer window.
3: We know one. Chelsea. We know one, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Brighton.
1: Brighton did. They made 0.4 million.
0: 0.4. Mm. Um,
1: and Chelsea made three Southampton? Million. Uh, yep, Southampton made the most amount of profit and made eighteen point nine.
0: Okay. Mm,
1: did Aston Villa. Villa made
0: five million profit. Okay. Four in four at the moment. Um, Everton didn't really sell anyone, did they? So I don't think it'll be them. Burnley haven't sold anybody. Uh mate, I haven't sold anybody. City it's bad that we've literally
3: just gone Liverpool?
0: <laughs> Liverpool? <laughs> uh, nope. Okay. I mean, we could just literally just go
1: yeah, from top yeah, to the bottom in yeah, yeah. any of the other go clubs. Um, Two more and then I'll Watford. tell you the rest. Uh, nope. Wolves. Uh, Wolves made 4.6 million profit.
3: The other one I would say, is
1: Burnley. No, not Burnley. Um so it was I'll just name them all. It was Brighton, Chelsea, Villa, Everton. It was Everton, okay. Brentford. Brentford made thirteen point five million and Southampton.
0: So did Brentford sale. Um, was a big They must because they yeah, maybe it was just an accumulation of yeah, uh, of yeah. sales. All right, okay, well thank you very much for that. Um <laughs> so this week, so explain the quiz to
3: me. So Fran's been
2: uh, I've basically delegated that, the yeah, whole she delegated. thing. <laughs> she just she
3: basically texts me saying, Think of five players <laughs> <laughs> And then go from there. Excellent. Well, okay, so,
0: well is it,
3: is it football
0: with Will today
3: then?
2: Yeah, we'll have we'll have have the little intro and then I'll have it. <laughs> Welcome back to Football with Fran. Slash Will. Very much Will this evening. So,
3: um, yeah. Uh, it's me. I think Dan's going Dan to go first this week. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to shift slightly because I don't want Dan's little Yeah, side okay, eye I'm, concerned Dan, yeah I'm concerned about Dan, yeah. concerned about him <laughs> <in> this team. <laughs> so Dan first. So what, Fran has basically said, I, I name a player, you guys bid for how many clubs you yeah. Play
0: for. Yeah, you have to tell us how many clubs he's played for. Okay. So
3: our first player... Not uh, <laughs> <lost> straight. <it. laughs> so our first player... Is Damien Duff, and he's played for six clubs.
2: It's a podcast, so we need to be speaking. (laughs) How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Think
1: and talk. Think. I think maybe. In your own time. Yeah, three. That's a good
0: bid. That's a. Bitch of a bid, that is.
2: Three is Can a, you do three it's is the a question? Because I can
0: do three, oh, but I'm, okay. I'm not sure I can do
3: four. Um I think you should go for it. Yeah, it's go my first for time it. on the pod. It's my first time I All yesterday. right, Go, go on, on then, I'll go four. I love a four fit, so it's fine.
0: Are. <laughs> okay. Are you not doing five then I presume? No, I've <laughs> Right, Chelsea. Correct. Blackburn. Correct. Fulham. Correct. Um <laughs> Birmingham oh.
3: Sunderland close Newcastle well, I'm glad I didn't go for four <laughs> oh, he's
0: Newcastle he's playing for them yeah, when main yeah, yeah. manager right so now Newcastle
3: United uh, Melbourne City and Shamrock Rovers I was trying to think With of the Irish like club but I didn't want didn't to risk it Dan
1: one, next,
2: nil. one nil. Chris <laughs> you're up
3: so our next player has played for seven he's been a bit of, bit of a journeyman I'm going to call it a lot of promising talent, but never really lived up to it. Ooh, we don't get this with Frank. Right, no, I was no. going to say, can you stop <laughs> me? Show, he's showing you up, here. are going to be st- Well,
2: you're not even going to have me The player
3: is Adel Tarat. Oh, okay. okay. class.
2: Also showing me up because you can pronounce the name. <laughs> 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 I'm like, <"Who's>
3: that? <laughs> he's 32 years old. I thought he was.
2: Right, well, you're going to be stacked in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Keep it down. Chris, what do you so think? What's
3: Chris
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe and go two. two. Yeah, me and you're gonna do that. That's <laughs> what you did to me on the last one.
1: Do you know those two? Yeah, definitely. Right, come
0: on. Or local do I? Because well,
1: <laughs> she had the worst poker face ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't really think of two. I don't even think I could hazard a guess at three. And it's been seven. Seven clubs, yeah. I imagine a lot of them are like Qatar and stuff, aren't they?
3: That would be,
1: I don't know any clubs in Qatar.
0: I reckon I might be able to do three, but the third third would be a guess. I'll let you go. Okay, well, QPR and Fulham. That's correct, So the third one I was going to guess was uh, Maccabi Haifa?
1: No. Okay. I was thinking Monaco, but I don't think it was there. No. So he
3: started at (laughs) Lens, Lons? Yeah, Yeah. Lens. Then went to Spurs.
0: Oh, I forgot he was at Spurs. Was he?
3: Yeah. Not for very long. Fulham. AC Milan. Shut up, yeah. did Toronto go to AC Milan? Benfica, and then Genoa. Wow, no, I wouldn't have got them.
0: Yeah, I mean, he What on night night. Night. he must have like, stuck out like a sore thumb at yeah. AC Milan. All right, well, that's one all, game on. It's yeah. not a 5-0 whitewash like so, I was yeah, last one of those week.
1: players that I only
3: like think of QPR. Yeah, you yeah. just see Harry yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, next player, retired, um, It's played four, one, two, three, four five, six, 7 clubs again, and it's Danny Mills.
2: Daniel first. Dan's first.
3: God. <laughs> oh. Oh.
1: a Very outspoken.
2: Right, can we bit. stop this? <laughs> <No.
0: Yeah. laughs> uh, when you like would you like your P45? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have it. <laughs> uh, two. Ooh, two.
2: Yeah.
3: Is
0: that tactical? How many, how many clubs was it? Seven again.
3: Technically eight, but he's played for one twice. I don't think
0: I can, this is bad but I'm, again it's that one club syndrome yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh,
2: I, um, one
0: I
3: didn't know everyone misjudged the eras here so is no you've got right? my it's era like, about it's right just yeah. my
0: memory's the problem
1: <laughs>
0: um, I'll take a stab at three
1: good because I was bluffing I only knew one Did you really <laughs> yeah son of a bitch okay
0: uh, Leeds
3: Yeah.
0: Bradford
1: no, City was my one. Yeah. Oh, no, of course. It
0: was. <laughs> no, this is not going well.
3: <laughs> not, we were bang on it last week. Yeah, because he's there on LMA, that <laughs> I knew that as well. So he started at Norwich City, then went to Charlton, then Leeds, Middlesbrough on loan, Manchester City, Hull City, back to Charlton, and finished up at Derby County.
2: Yeah. Two one Dan. Two one Chris, you're
3: up. The less known brother that is Anton Ferdinand. <laughs> and he's paid for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight clubs. Oh, really, That's, yeah. one is in as uh, ninth, but he didn't okay. make an appearance, and I don't Just think it's a professional team. Okay.
0: It's my bid first, isn't it? I think. Is it me?
3: Yes. You. Yeah. yeah. If you get all of them, I'll be very impressed. <laughs>
2: Uh, I think he's, right still- this gone <laughs> yeah, 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 he's still. He's yeah, still playing yeah, now, uh, I think, isn't
3: he? Uh, he retired in twenty nineteen. Okay. Apparently. Um. I will
0: start the bidding off <laughs> at three.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I can do three. I don't know if I can do four. On, I've been. I've been Billy Big Balls tonight That's your yeah,
2: uh, I mean, don't let them talk you into
1: it. Do it. Do well, it. either way, I think he's confident with his three. <laughs> Although he's not been very good when he has. That. <laughs> I'll let you do three, and then I'll see. Yeah, you go
0: three. Okay. West Ham. Yep. QPR. Yep. Sunderland. Yep.
3: That's the only. That's the only three I know. Like.
0: <laughs> so from. He's been playing a lot of lower leagues. Yeah. So from yeah. QPR,
3: he went to Bursa Sport online that's then he cool. went to Antalius War, then he the one that I've never heard of is Police United, randomly. Police United! <laughs> <you know, laughs> <laughs> zero appearances. Zero appearances. Zero appearances. And then he went to Reading, so that's a bit of a step up, and then down to Southend, and then finished at St Mirren. Okay, okay.
0: Southend yeah. was, the lo- was the one I was thinking of. I thought. So, 2
3: 2 All hinges on Decider. this. cider. Dan serving. And this yeah. was my favourite one. Saved him right to the end. He has played four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 8, six, seven, eight. Nine oh, boy really? teams. And it is Pepe Reina. Ooh. Oh. oh. this could be. There is a tenth in there, but again, it's not a professional, not a proper team. I know they play them.
2: I don't know why you're counting on your fingers
1: now.
3: Because I can't keep counting <laughs> of <otherwise. Yeah. laughs> Is that my only criticism? Though, that I count as I'm going. Rather? Well, no, because prep, I do double check. Bad,
2: yeah. I double check.
3: Okay. Cool. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so It's me, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's four.
0: He's put it in.
3: He's put it in the That's slot the sweet again. Spot. That's the <laughs> sweet put it in the spot. slot again.
0: I don't think I can do five. I think I could probably do four. He's still going as well. He's still playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at two all. My record's not been great tonight, so I'm <laughs> going to have to let you uh, do your four. Conceding. So it's a three in my Yes, Okay, well. that's a good move. <laughs> uh,
1: Milan. Yep. Uh, Napoli. Yep. Liverpool. Yep. I'm pretty sure we played for another Premier League team, but I'm trying to think of Spanish teams. Uh, was he at Madrid?
3: <laughs> yeah. Get in. Villa! No. I knew there was another Premier League team so Barcelona B Barcelona Barcelona, Villarreal Liverpool Napoli Bayern Munich Mm. Milan Villa and he's now at Lazio
0: well went for the wrong Spanish team he did so that's uh, that's two all then Mm. it's getting spicy this (laughs) a bit like my forfeit last year yeah Right, okay, well, Will, thank you
3: very much for coming on. <coughs> thank you for having me, it's been a fun. Um,
0: so, just a reminder, um, Rugby Blindside. Rugby
3: Blindside, you can find us at www.rugbyblindside.com, at rugbyblindside on all the socials, and Rugby Blindside podcast on all your podcast apps. Excellent. Fair nothing about rugby off the pitch.
0: Excellent, well, there's much more to discuss, I think, with the comparisons between the two sports, so we'll definitely have you back on at some stage. Um, and I, I think this is probably a record, for the longest podcast so uh, people well people can just do it in two stages this could be a two-day two-day podcast for everyone um but anyway thank you very much for listening everybody we hope you enjoyed having our uh, first guest of the season on the show and we will see you all next week bye, bye. see ya